The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. Hey, it's Friday. That's the good news. It's Friday. 888-933-93. And I think because it's been such a crazy, ridiculous week of stories, maybe we'll focus on uh, other things today. Maybe like we, we should uh, we should do like we this quarter we haven't done a uh, Blaze Has Talent um, uh-huh. segment. We could do that. Yep. Uh, you could call us um, with your brushes with greatness. Haven't done that in a long time. Maybe oh. ever. Here. Well, wait a minute. Maybe ever. If they're calling and talking to you, mm-hmm. that would be There's a, a brush with greatness right see? there. Huh? See? It's uh, stories of when you run into celebrities. In a good way or a bad way, if you've uh, run into celebrities, usually it's disappointing. <laughs> usually it's like, geez, that, I wish I wouldn't have met that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're thinking mm-hmm. about. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Me meeting some Atlanta Braves <clears throat> a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you had a bad... Bad situation with one. What yeah. was his name? Uh, Jeff Blauser. And how old were you at the time? Oh, I was in college. Okay. About 20 years old. And so mm-hmm. you were there to get autographs or whatever? No, 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 no. I had a friend who uh, worked for a radio station. I was home from college for the summer. And he said, hey, one of these days I'll take you down there in the locker room and you can, you know, meet the players and stuff. And it was great, you know. Um, had the little press pass and everything. Greg Maddox was a very nice guy. Chipper mm-hmm. Jones was very personable. Mark Lemke was hilarious. Um, so I met a lot of guys. Chipper Jones seems awesome. Yeah, yeah. And Ryan Klesko. Oh my gosh, uh, he was phenomenal. My point is, everybody was so nice to me. Mm-hmm. And then somebody off in the corner. Um, do you want me to get to the whole minutia of it, or just tell you that um, Jeff Blauser, the shortstop for the Braves, was an absolute jerk to me? <laughs> I could just I could just sum it up like that. An absolute yeah. unmitigated jerk. Yeah. Uh somebody was telling a story. He asked a question about it. Yes. You said what did you say to so, him? Okay, so Chipper is talking about meeting somebody, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then I hear off in the corner Jeff Blauser say, Who's this? And he's looking right at me. So I turn to him and I go and I reach out my hand to shake his hand. I say, oh, my name is Keith. And he goes, I don't give a blank who you are. I want to know who <laughs> Chipper's talking about. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. So that was good. And um, uh, there's your brush with greatness. Yeah, there's my brush with greatness. I, mm-hmm. I, there are things I wanted to say, but I was a guest in their house. Okay. <laughs> that was probably a wise decision. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that's a good decision. Mm-hmm. So we could do any of those things. 888 or just ask us anything, if anything that's on your mind. Are you sure about that one? Yeah, that's okay. fine, too. <laughs> um, and uh, in the meantime, we'll fill you in on, you know, the stuff, the outrageous stuff that continues to happen. Um, Omarosa has written a new book. I, I don't get this person at all. I mean, so she was on The Apprentice. And then he brings her into the White House. I don't even, I don't begin to fathom how that happened. I really don't. I, I don't get it. Uh, so he he brought her in, and now she's writing this tell-all book about uh, how demented he is or his mental decline can't be denied. The name of the book is Unhinged, 
an insider's account of the Trump White House. Oh, okay. Well, great. Thank you. Um, the president. Now, I saw a little segment where people were asking him about her, and he said, Omarosa is a nice person, and he walked off. Hmm. I don't know when that happened, though. I don't, I don't know if that was a recent uh, occurrence, like yesterday or this week sometime. I'll find out. But uh, he blew it off by saying, you know, she's a nice person. He likes her. Uh, that usually doesn't happen when people turn on him. <laughs> kind of amazing. I, I don't, I don't know what his deal is with her, but it's, it's kind of strange. Didn't everybody kind of hate her when she was on The Apprentice? I think she was. Um, Wasn't she the, the villain or whatever? Yeah. You know, uh huh. I think, but I don't watch. Reality maybe that's shows. all set up. I don't know. Yeah, I never watched The Apprentice, but and maybe that's why I'm not the, you know, as big a Donald Trump fan as I probably should be. Yeah. Should have watched The Apprentice. I yeah, guess. could have fallen in love with him yeah. when everyone else did, and just and changed all of my points of view to fit his, which would have been great. Um, uh-huh. so. It's fashionable, <laughs> I'll tell you that. It's, uh, okay, triple eight nine hundred thirty. It's been a long week. Um, Madden nineteen has removed Colin Kaepernick's name from the song, and everybody's getting unhinged over it. The song is called Big Bank. It's by YG featuring 2 Chains, Big Sean, and Nicki Minaj. It's one of several songs featured on Madden 19. In the song, Big Sean raps the following lyrics. Feed me to the wolves. Now I lead the pack and stuff. That's not the word he Sorry? uses. Mm. You boys all cap. I'm more like, I'm more Colin Kaepernick. What a stupid lyric for one thing. Uh-huh. I mean, that's just asinine. But Okay, whatever. <laughs> Whatever. To each his own, right? So they t- they edited. <laughs> uh, and listen to the edit on it. Me to the wolves. Now I leave the packet. You boys all cap. I'm more. I'm wearing as affordable health care. Me to the wolves. Now I leave the packet. You boys all cap. I'm more. You boys all cap. I'm more. And they just took out his name. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, it's a terrible, terrible edit. Wait, what was You his... boys, you feed me to the wolves, because they took out the S word, too. Uh-huh. You boys feed me to the wolves, now I lead the pack, and you boys all cap, I'm more... But wait. Uh, that's it. And that's it. I'm hung so, up on the Affordable Care Act mention. What was that? that? I know, I know. that. <laughs> that's what I got hung up on. Uh-huh. But I don't want to get hung up on that, because sure. that's not the big... Nobody's talking about that. <laughs> you should be. I know. I mean, I, the song just shouldn't have been put on Madden uh, 19. I, I don't know why it's on there. It's it's insanity. So now they're apologizing for editing it. Well, I don't want your apology. I want to know. I want to understand. First of all, why did you put the song on? Secondly, why did you edit it? Why didn't you just choose a different song? And third, if you were going to edit it, why are you apologizing for it? Just tell me why you what you do it for. Why? It's very strange. What a world. Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend is all over Twitter right now, trying to raise some big stink over the fact that they took his name out of it. It's not her business why they edited it. None of your business. Okay, that's why we edited it. None of your business. I don't know who she thinks she is. She's this. Black Lives Activist, and I think DJ in New York or something, and uh, just super progressive and really not fun to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) She must be a joy. 
to be around. And God bless you, Colin, for being around her. That's great. Good for you. It's wonderful. All of it. It's great. But why did they take his name out of the song? I don't know. They never explained it. They just apologized for it. Very strange. I mean, it's their business, so they could do this. But what a weird decision to make. Just do a different song. Don't. And the edits are so bad. <laughs> right. This, these are not good edits. You boys all cap a more. So weird. That is really weird. And then the affordable health care. I don't even want to get into that because. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I gave up the, you know, all video games. Yeah. About four years ago, I just stopped playing video games because it was, it, it was, it was, it just, it was too much of a waste of time. I wasted too much time. And so, uh, I'd be really pissed if I had just purchased Madden 19 and then that song's on it and they're talking about affordable health care. Oh, good gosh. Please don't. What are you doing? What are you doing? And who buys these games? Kids. Of course, it's more indoctrination of kids. Thank you, EA Sports. Thank you, Madden. Appreciate it. That's, that's great. That's exactly what we need. 888 uh, oh, we got some. We have uh, Derek in Florida. Seems to have some information on Omarosa. Uh, were you, a, uh, were you a, a big fan of um, The Apprentice? Yeah, I was a fan of The Apprentice. I wouldn't necessarily say Donald Trump, but The Apprentice itself. I loved the show. It was great. Okay. And and what yeah, is, Omar- so why why Omarosa? How did they strike uh, such okay, an, was, a friendship? In, in one of the original seasons, she was on it, and she's absolutely a despicable human being. That's she what I thought. Anything in, she would use anything in her favor, including reverse racial discrimination against the other players to make them back off of her. There was one person that was a white person that said to her, isn't that the pot calling the kettle black? He said that to Omarosa. And she said, look at how racial you're being in, 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 in defense of herself. Jeez. She was just absolutely despicable. The only reason I could see, and I think this is the reason Trump brought her back on, on three seasons of The Apprentice, is because she got ratings. People hated her. They wanted her off the show immediately as quick as they could be. Her and um, Piers Morgan had a huge uh, feud. Uh, she dumped wine on top of it or champagne on top of his head and everything. She's just a despicable person. I have no idea why he would want her in the White House. <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't either. Is she even conservative? Is she Republican? Uh, uh, she would be Black Lives Matter leader if, if she had the opportunity. I would say. I mean, she uses mm. race to, in her favor mm-hmm. in every every season I've seen her in The Apprentice. Really amazing. All right, appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Derek. I so I guess the mystery continues as to why she was in the white house and then for her to write this tell-all book uh and it's it's apparently really not flattering of president trump so i i don't know i, I and he still did you did we find out when that little clip i saw was no if that was this week he is still loyal to her wow and that never happens when people turn on him i don't i don't understand I mean, if you are to say anything bad about him, he comes after you. We all know that by now, right? Maybe I she's mean, got dirt on him. I don't know. It's really, really interesting, though. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. So we've got uh, several things going on for a, for a big Friday extravaganza. 
it is uh, Blaze has talent. So you can call us with whatever talent you have. Singing, musical instruments, you know, maybe you do impressions. Uh, worked out really well last time we did this about four months ago. And then we could uh, hear your stories about brushes with greatness, if you have any, like uh, poor Keith, who just had his uh, no his love for the brave shattered. No, that's not true. I never did the like Jeff shortstop Blauser. Shortstop. No, it confirmed what I thought about shattered. Jeff Blauser. Shattered. Shattered. Just like the Stone song, shattered, shattered. Mm-hmm. His brains were splattered, splattered all over Whoa. Manhattan. And he wasn't even in Manhattan That's... at the time. No, so no, my brains are strange. actually somewhere in Manhattan as we speak. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three with your uh, with your calls. And recently, there were two tragic officer involved shootings. Uh, one where officers fatally shot an innocent bystander, and in another incident. A hostage was killed. Um, not telling you this to be critical of law enforcement. I'm telling you this because these are trained professionals who train for these scenarios thoroughly, but still uh, had tragic outcomes. So what does this say for the rest of us who go shooting once a month at best? Don't risk being unprepared, undertrained, or, or spending the rest of your life replaying a moment in time when something bad happened and you weren't ready for it, do what I do. Practice frequently. And do it with iTarget Pro. Revolutionizing home firearm training. iTarget Pro uses your actual gun so you can become proficient with your firearm. The one that you're actually going to use in real life. And it's in your home where you will probably, most likely, use it in real life. It us- utilizes your smartphone and their proprietary app with a laser in place of the bullet. So it detects exactly where your shots are landing. You see it, you hear it. It's a really cool and fun system. And you save money. You don't have to buy a bunch of ammo. You don't have to pay for range fees. Right now, save 10% with the offer code PAT when you purchase the iTarget Pro system. It's the letter I, then targetpro.com, offer code PAT. iTargetPro.com. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. As long as we have people of talent, we can avoid uh, really horrific stories because we got plenty of them, and we'll share them with you. Uh, unless you know you want to share us your, your talent with us uh, at Blaze Got Talent. It's triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Or if you've just had a brush with greatness, you know, so you've run into somebody famous, uh, you can tell us about that encounter. Could be good. Could be bad. I will say that when we were in Houston together and mm-hmm. George Foreman came in, like, I'm not a celebrity guy. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't do anything for me. I don't seek autographs. I don't collect stuff. Mm-hmm. Nicest celebrity I've ever met by far. He um, was truly, truly a nice man. Him and Scott Hamilton when he came up here. Oh. Those two guys are so <clears throat> genuine and so kind. And that was a fairly recent brush with greatness. Yeah. I I almost never geek out over any celebrity. For some reason, I was kind of geeked out over Scott Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe because, you know, he's about my age. He's, what, is he 57 or something? 
and he won a, a gold medal in 1984, <clears throat> and uh, he's overcome cancer like three times. Yeah. yeah. Didn't he tell us he just got it again? He was just diagnosed again, I think. He's 59. Um, no, he's much older than I am. Much. I mean, ancient. M- much right? older than I am. I'm not even close to as old as that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he was <clears throat> he was really nice. Um, so... He did. Um, he received his third brain tumor diagnosis in 2016, but Dang. in late March 2017, he stated that the tumor had shrunk without chemo. Uh, that's great. So I think he's and he's a very that. religious guy. Yeah, uh, he's he's a God guy, and uh, and he's 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 a good commentator too. He's yeah. you know not only one of the greatest skaters of all time, but he's he's good at commentating. And here's an ironic twist <laughs> to uh, the first hour of the show. He mm-hmm. was on Celebrity Apprentice. Was he really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of weird. And let's see, the only, um, it just, there's not a lot of political stuff under this, but uh, he did um, support uh, Mitt Romney and has spoken in support of Trump. Of course he did, because he's a good guy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. See? So there you, go. there you have it. You know, two of the most liberal uh, stars, and I didn't know this at the time when I met him, but I met these guys in Houston too, uh, but they were, they were probably the most genuine down-to-earth superstars I've ever met. And it was uh, Rob Thomas and I don't remember the guitarist's name from Matchbox 20. Awesome guys. Um, my wife is a big fan. So she came down to the <laughs> studio while I was uh, interviewing them. And they set us up in a different... Because it, it, they didn't have time to do it when I was on the air because I did the morning show and so they weren't there that early. I mean, they're rock stars. They don't get up that time of day. <laughs> so it's like in the early afternoon and she came and just kind of stood outside the studio and they said, who's that Who's that blonde out there? Uh, that's my wife. Bring her in. Okay. Well, of course, yeah. I, I think they wanted to look at her too. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. And so... I did, and, and they were just so cool. And they you know, played for us. They talked uh, t- so down-to-earth, and they are so humble. And um, <clears throat> they were really big at the time. Mm-hmm. And so then I found out uh, their political views. Oh, and no. Was somewhat, yeah, it was Adam Gaynor mm-hmm. and Rob Thomas. Um, I was somewhat disappointed to hear uh, just what big Obama supporters they were. It was, uh, it was disappointing. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh let's go to Tim in Michigan. Hey Tim, you're on the blaze. Hello, friend. Hey. Mm-hmm. So my name's Tim. I'm a professor at uh an arts college here in Michigan, um, mm-hmm. where I teach uh audio production, uh, audio recording and music classes. Uh we primarily service Detroit area uh non traditional and traditional students. And I gotta know, my question is this. Uh if you had a minute to speak with them, what would you say? To a music class? Not necessarily music, audio. Young, uh, inner city Detroit natives uh, just looking to get ahead. Wow. What would be the Pat Gray insight? <laughs> oh, oh, good. This is your insight. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> wow. I don't, I mean, I'd have to think about that for a minute, probably. The, are, are these uh, minority students? The best, the, I primarily teach uh, minority students, yes. And and they, they want a career in, in, What's the audio part of this? Are they, you know, maybe going into radio or television too, or are they just are they looking for music careers? 
There's a wide net there. The degree itself is a Bachelor of Science in Audio Production. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple of students who are interested in radio, a couple interested in sound design or visual media, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, a couple just want to be rappers. <laughs> just, oh, man, I, I, I think I'd steer them away from that. But what do you that's... mean? You, you, your brother love Pat, man. You <laughs> rap on here to Vivaldi. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, do you, what, what do you say to him about rap? Are you, are, I mean, are you, you, you've got to be positive about it, right? Sometimes, you know, Sometimes. There's, there's there's good stuff, there's bad stuff. There yeah. is like art, there's an artistic um, merit in being able to do some interesting rhythmic stuff, but most of the content's garbage. I mean, it's yes. not good. Yes, there's this kid on the scene that some of my students look up to, named Six Nine. He's got like rainbow hair and rainbow grills, and been to prison for statutory rape. He's just not oh a good my guy. Gosh. It's, it's, it's really tough to. To like try to lead these students to a place of integrity when they're looking up to kids like that. So hard. That's really hard. I, you know, I'll feel your pain, Tim. Thanks for the call. I, I you know, I, I think I'd tell him uh, that, like everything else, if you work hard and you apply yourself in this country, then good things generally happen for you. And that would be my advice to him. But um, I don't know if they'd believe it. I, think, I don't know, but they believe it. I think you might want to tell them, if you want to do what you love, don't expect to become rich. <laughs> it's oh, or v- sometimes you can. I mean, yes, but don't you know? don't set yourself up to think that mm-hmm. you know. Hey, I'm going to have a career I love, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be so wealthy. Plus, you don't have to. I, I would also tell them that in this day and age, you you are not um, you are not beholden to the record companies anymore. You don't have to worry about the traditional system. You don't have to even necessarily worry about radio station airplay. Uh, you can create your own ecosystem, your own economic system on YouTube or uh, um, Facebook or on any number of. I mean, there's just so much that you can do now that you have access to that yeah. people in the past did not. See, when, yeah. And they had to go through radio stations exactly. and they had to go for the record companies and most of them. 90 percent of artists coming up had their music stolen from them by those people stolen literally i mean the beatles had their 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 music stolen from them just about every artist has that story where record executives took advantage of them and they gave them a little bit of money and it was way more than they ever saw in their life and then they lost control of their music in some cases forever in some cases for decades uh, paul mccartney didn't get his music back until recently, yeah. right after uh, Michael Jackson died, it went up for sale, and he finally bought back his own songs. Madness. It's unbelievable. So you don't have to, you're not beholden to that system anymore. You can, you can make your own way. And, make your own way. And you're talking about this in the realm of music. He mentioned a couple of his students want to be in radio. You and I, when we were kids, we would have killed at the chance to be on the radio and to, oh, yeah. to be heard. Or you don't have, have to you. do that now either. Yeah, yeah. You don't have you to do it. Take advantage of the internet. And do a be, podcast. Exactly. Yep. There are opportunities that didn't exist. Congratulations. Take advantage. So I think that's that would be my advice in, in a minute and a half. Um, 888-900-3393. Let me tell you about Spymaster. This is uh, number one best New York Times bestselling author, Brad Thorpe. It's uh, his latest book. It's about a rumor, a remote cabin in Norway, and an American intelligence operative charged with stopping the next world war before it begins. Counterterrorism expert Scott Harvath's mission, one of the deadliest he's ever undertaken. The real spy book, 
says Spymaster is filled with enough action for two books, and it's the most gripping novel of Brad Thor's iconic career. Well, that's that's saying a ton. Even the Washington Post had good things to say about Brad Thor. Wow. Thor convincingly portrays Russia as a reborn Cold War era evil empire hell-bent on reconquering its former territory. In Spymaster, Scott Harvath proves more cunning, more dangerous, more lethal than ever before. Read Spymaster. It is this summer's awesome spy thriller by Brad Thor. You're going to love this. If you're a fan of the series, you already know you need to get this book. If you're not, you need to start right here, right now. Spymaster, on sale now, wherever books are sold. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Returns. 888-900-3393. It's a Friday show. And we're trying to take a little bit of a break from insanity because there have been... Good golly, we've got we've had enough insanity just this week alone to last about 19 lifetimes. <laughs> just this week alone. Yep. So, um, I thought we might uh, take a stab at uh, Blaze Got Talent because la- like last time we had some super talented people. You can sing, you can play an instrument, do impressions, whatever kind of talent you have. Or you could uh, share a brush with greatness, as uh, Keith has shared, uh, where his whole Atlanta Braves world was shattered in one fell swoop by some mean shortstop uh, the Braves had back in the day. Jeff Mm. Blauser was mean. Jeff Blauser. Wow. Hey, in New York, I crossed paths with Kurt Warner uh, right after the... I love Kurt Warner. I've never met him. Yeah. uh, It was very, very brief, um, but uh, he had just beaten the Falcons in the playoffs as the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals, so I Mm. had an opportunity to thank him in person for that, and he just kind (laughs) of laughed. He was very nice, but yeah. Was he nice? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. he was absolutely... Seems like a good guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, 888-900-3393. Bert in Arizona. Hi, you're on the blaze. Hey. How you doing there, Pat? Good. Yeah, last time I threw a little Donald Duck at you. Let me throw you something else and see if you can pick up on it. Okay. Uh, let's go get us a picnic biscuit. Oh, but Yogi, Ranger Rick said no. Oh, I don't care what Ranger Rick said. <laughs> I want a picnic basket. I want it now. <laughs> Is that the Jetsons? Yeah, Uh, that's actually good, Bert. I like that. That's Mm -hmm. good. Yogi Bear, obviously, and Boo Boo, obviously, and Boo Boo, obviously. Yeah, nice job. I like it. Uh, Appreciate the call. Thanks. Uh, That's pretty good. That was fun. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. Haven't heard a a, a good Yogi Bear for a while. It's been a while. Uh, All right, Pat in Texas. (laughs) Hi, you're on the Blaze. Hey, how you doing, Pat? Good morning, good. gentlemen. Love your show. Thank you. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, we got you. Okay. Uh, I had a brush with greatness with uh, with Terry Bradshaw at Washington Dulles one Tuesday morning. I was flying back to Texas, and uh, 
and there was a, a Redskins game on Monday night, and I guess he had a studio show, and I don't know what he had been doing all night. Yeah, whatever it was, he he had been doing it all night, <laughs> and the uh, he he smelled like uh, uh like an ashtray and a and a, a bottle of booze. Oh anyway, man! <laughs> oh, okay. The little, cram, the little cram thing is packed like sardines. So he and I get the same uh, handhold. You know, it's like a two-minute ride. It's not a big deal. Yeah. I'm not a big uh, worshiper of, of, of famous people either. Didn't ask for his autograph. Of course, he didn't want any of that, and I, I, I feel him. Uh, but we grabbed the same handhold, and his hat's pulled down way over his head, just trying to hide. And like I said, he had been doing mm-hmm. whatever he'd been doing all night. Mm-hmm. So I say, good morning, Terry. That's it. And he looks at me and says, I was hoping no one would recognize me. <laughs> and I said, and I said to him, well, then you stood next to the wrong guy because you know, I'm a big football guy. And not another word. We both got off when we got off. And, uh, and there's my brush with fame. And then, so it ended right there. He just said that one sentence to you and that was it, huh? And, and I responded back with the, you stood next to yeah. the wrong guy. Yeah. And that was it. I let him, ha- I let him have his misery because it, it seemed like it. And, of course, being in an yeah. airport at any time, I, I was living mine. So. Yep. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Pat. You know, the, the thing we forget about celebrities is that um, they're people. And uh, they have issues just like the rest of us. And they get tired and irritable just like the rest of us. And if, especially if, you know, Terry Bradshaw had been up drinking and smoking all night. Hmm. He probably didn't want to talk to anybody, any fans. He probably looked like crap, smelled like crap, wanted to get home. Hard to blame him, blame him you know. Although, uh, I understand Terry Bradshaw has had issues, severe depression and things of that nature over over the years. And uh, so, yeah, he's he deals with some stuff. 888-900-3393. And, you know, we forget sometimes that, okay, he's won four Super Bowls. He's probably got plenty of money. He's on TV all the time. That doesn't mean his life is always wonderful. Uh, And uh, it's... It's hard to remember that, though, when you meet him, you know, yeah. like we I've told the story before about what an absolute douche uh, Daryl Hall was of Hall & Oates fame. Hall & Oates <clears throat> came to Baltimore and played for uh, Glenn and I in, in the studio when we did the morning show together in Baltimore. And uh, we were pretty big fans and both kind of psyched that they were there and they were going to play live. I mean, how often does that happen? Hall & Oates, two of the biggest acts in you know rock history are right there in the studio and they're going to play live for you pat tread lightly here you're going to break sarah sullivan's heart in the next room she's a big big hall and oates fan fan. daryl hall was the biggest jerk (laughs) the biggest single biggest jerk i've ever encountered ever i mean he was nasty and uh full of himself I mean, at the end of it, I, I said on the air, uh, Daryl, you know it's not 1982 anymore, right? It's <laughs> you guys are ten years past your prime. Stop being a douchebag. I left part of that out. A little bit. Part of that a out. Self edit. Uh, but uh, but yeah, you know they haven't had a hit in uh, at least seven or eight years. Uh, so you know maybe maybe. He was just having a bad day. Hmm. How did he react to your... Uh... You know it's not uh, yeah. ni- 1982 anymore? Not well. <laughs> not well. They stopped playing and, and then they left. So <laughs> 1982 called, <laughs> it wants your ego back. 
Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, let's see. Dakota in Texas, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, Pat. Hey. Hey, and Keith, I wanted to thank you for taking your time out of your busy day over the past few months to give me a hand. Sure, man. Um, so um, I found this correlation and thought you might be interested. Okay. So a few months a few months ago, I read in Forbes that these young women created a product that can detect if your drink has been spiked. And um, it's a straw that will change colors when it comes into contact with uh, the common date rape drugs like Ruflin and Ketamine. Oh, wow. So it's, mm-hmm. so it's an amazing product, right? Mm-hmm. Well, well, it's not allowed in California now. Just a few <laughs> months after the product comes out, California representatives started pushing to ban all plastic straws. <laughs> is it made out of plastic? Oh, wow. Is that uh, straw I plastic? Believe, I believe so. Um, wow. I, I guess they don't want these type of uh, date rape straws in there, or date rape prevention straws in their state. Oh I mean, why gosh. else would they push this? Why else would they push this on the basis of a fourth grader's made up data? Right. Well, and that's that's the amazing part of this. That is the amazing part. <laughs> uh, appreciate it. Thanks, Dakota. We don't no. talk about that aspect of it enough because a nine year old, a nine year old, started this fiasco. He just called around. Asking about because he thought, wow, a lot of people use straws. I'm going to call around and see how many straws are made. And so he called straw companies that he looked up online and he heard various numbers of straws and then just picked one. And it was 500 million. Was it 500 million a day or something? 500 million a year? Was, I don't know. Yeah, it was some company just, you some, know, he, trying and, to brush this kid off and yes. ended up costing their industry. <clears throat> A large chunk of business because of it. So he just chose the number, and then everybody picked it up and ran with it. News agencies bought into his number. Unbelievable. The kid isn't a researcher. He's not a scientist. He doesn't know what he's talking about, and you just went with it? Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Henry in Ohio, you're on the blaze. Hi. Mr. Gray, how are you? Doing good. Well, I have a quick brush with greatness for you. Okay, good. Which you might find hard to believe. I was in a Super Bowl commercial with LeBron James. No kidding. That's kind of cool. There's an all-state commercial where LeBron pretended that he was playing with the Browns. I'm actually in the middle of writing a tweet to Keith to prove this to you. Okay. Oh, nice. Mm. All right. So you're gonna are you gonna tweet out the actual Super Bowl commercial or? Yeah. Okay. I'll send out the link and everything. Oh, cool. And so how did that come to be? Were you a, an Allstate agent or what? No, uh, I had a family friend who worked for the Browns, and they needed extras to fill in for this commercial. Yeah. And being the wily man that I am, mm-hmm. I weaved my way to the front of every kind of shot I could get into. <laughs> Good. All right. And did you, meet, mean, I, did you meet LeBron? Did you talk to him? No, but no. I caught... The LeBron stand-in who did the leap into the dog pound. His name was Damien. He was from Chicago. <laughs> I'm sold then. That, I mean, that's huge. That's huge. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was 12 hours in the absolute cold of Cleveland winter. Oh, man. There's, and in Cleve- there's probably no colder place on earth than Cleveland, Ohio in the winter. I mean, it can get really, really cold there. Appreciate it. Thanks, Henry. I've never seen a commercial. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet he is... Uh, State Farm commercial, yeah. I bet he's uh, in the crowd there. Uh, I look forward to, to finding out. Uh, Which one? 
what person he is? I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for him to tweet this. I found this. Is on he YouTube. playing uh, like he's he's pretending to be a Cleveland Browns tight end or something? Yeah. <laughs> this is during the time when everybody was saying, "You know what? Burrow Brown James is so good. I bet he make a great tight end in the NFL." Huh. Yeah. Okay. Just because he's a great basketball player doesn't mean he could translate those talents into football. He thinks he could. Mm-hmm. He, he says he could. But uh, he also says uh, that Donald Trump is a racist. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't understand where all this racism stuff is coming from with the president. And everybody's using it. Everybody's spouting it. Um, one of the CNN commentators yesterday just called him a bigot, said he'll, she'll never accept that bigot as her president. Ah, shut up. Give me one example of his bigotry. I, I, I'm hard-pressed to find it, really. I mean, he's a lot of things, but I don't see where he's a racist or a bigot. I really don't. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. 933 Susan in Rhode Island, you got a brush with greatness? Hi, Pat. Hi, Hi. Keith. How are you? Good. Hello. Well, I mean, aside from meeting Glenn and Tanya Beck at a book signing in oh, Warwick, Rhode Island in 2011. Wow. Nice. Uh, no, we've got a real, we, got a, we had a surprise encounter, my husband and I. We were in New York City in July of 2006, just walking around Times Square, and I knew that they were filming Law and Order. And I said to my husband, I said, wouldn't it be something if we saw Sam Waterston being filmed for the show? And my husband said, well, it's a little late in the day. I don't think they're filming now. So we were in front of the Marriott Marquis, and we crossed the street to the other side of Times Square. And as soon as my foot hit the sidewalk, my husband said, Susan, look up. Look up. Look up at what? He said, he's standing right next to you. (laughs) I looked up, and there he was, Sam Waterston. I immediately uh, extended my hand. Yeah. introduced myself and my husband. He shook my hand. He was with a, a nicely dressed man, I believe was his bodyguard. And okay. I said, may I have your autograph? Because when I walk around New York City, I always have one of those New York City books with me, uh-huh. just in case. Okay. And he said, if you walk with me a block, I'll sign your book. He walked a whole block with us, carried on a conversation, wanted to know where we were from, etc. We got to the end of the block. He had signed my book. I shook his hand again. He went off into the crowd. We went our way, and it was wonderful. He was kind. He was pleasant and stunningly handsome in person. Oh, man. You don't need to tell me that. We have met many. We saw Matthew Broderick in person. Uh We saw Sarah Jessica Parker. Let me tell you something. Television and movies do not do them justice. True. They're all amazingly beautiful in person. And Glenn is Mm -hmm. drop-dead gorgeous in person. Oh, my gosh. You don't have to tell me that either. I mean, that's, <laughs> that goes without saying. All right. Thanks, was, Susan. Uh, appreciate it. Huh, she was she had a lot of credibility right up until the Glenn. Right, being yeah, she blew thing. it right, right there. The I mean, then it's like, OK, uh, stop it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She reminded me when she was talking about meeting celebrities in New York. I forgot um, <clears throat> Carrie uh, met uh, Dave Matthews. Um, Dave Matthews of the Dave Matthews Band stand is standing in front of the. Uh, I don't know if he's waiting for his ride in front of uh, American Girl doll. He's uh, waiting store. to be picked up by his com- by the Communist Party or by that bus that, that he's a part of. Drops its poo in or, the Chicago or River or that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he's apparently holding two bags mm-hmm. in front of American. Uh, uh, you know the when I just said it, the girl, the American Girl's doll store. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, mm-hmm. we googled later. He has two twin daughters, so he had obviously purchased the little dolls. For his girls and 
You almost have to be Dave so, Matthews to purchase those dolls. They're so stick and expensive. I tell you. And then they <clears> like My them. daughters were all huge American Girl fans. Yeah. And they have that American Girl doll store in mm-hmm. New York. And it's 800 stories high. 800 huh. stories of dolls. I think you're about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop. Mm-mm. And it's jam-packed mm-hmm. in every inch of that 17 million square foot store. Every inch of it is taken up by some... You know, little girl or their parents or some little idiot yeah. running around mm-hmm. spilling stuff on you because there's an American Girl doll store re- restaurant, too. Yep. Yep. <sighs> hey, but but look, 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 look. I don't understand why your daughters didn't just ask Sam. 100, 100 bucks or something? Mm-hmm. 150 But This is 10, 15 mm-hmm. years ago. 150 bucks a yeah. doll? Just have Sometimes. Santa. Have Santa bring it. Right, that's true. That's, that's what, what we, we did. always did. Just that's put it on your did. list, and then we don't have to pay for them. <laughs> right. Right? Right. Santa, he'll bring that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. If you're good. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, a prerequisite. Mm-hmm. And you give me 150 bucks, you know, to send a letter to Santa so he knows you want it. <laughs> <laughs> so the moral of the story is Dave Matthews and Santa Claus can bring you... <clears throat> American Girl Girl Dolls. dolls. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let me tell you about um, WaxRx. This is a company that, um, you know, it's not not fun to hear about earwax. It's just just not. Um, But the the simple fact is when your ears aren't clean, they can be really uncomfortable. It's itchy. It can be painful sometimes. And then it can make, you know, you don't hear as well. And so if you're looking for a solution... What people usually do is jam a cotton swab in their ear, and then it just don't jams it. all that stuff back further don't in your ear. Then there's the candle thing, which I don't understand. You you light a candle, and then what do you do with it? You're going to put a lit candle in your ear or near <laughs> so your e- ear or around your ear? I'm not going to do that. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> this is a doctor-developed system. Uses a special... Wax softening drop to break down earwax inside your ear. Then there's a specially engineered pump fitted with a unique tip to gently deliver the perfect amount of cleansing pressure to flush all the stuff away. Finally, the pH-conditioned formula rinses and soothes your ears, and it makes for the ultimate, most complete earwax removal system that you can possibly have, and it's a lot cheaper than a doctor visit would be. And that's the only other place, really, where you're going to have a successful, effective flushing of your ears go to usewaxrx.com and order your system today use the offer code radio and you'll have it shipped right to your door for free they won't just drive by and throw it out the window and leave it in the middle of the street really nope Uh, right to your door wow promo code radio and you'll get free standard shipping usewaxrx.com pet grade unleashed on the blaze radio network Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three and at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, the succulent Starkey McSnark face. Uh, succulent is uh, that was part of yeah, succulent hot dogs. Succulent hot dogs from sh- succulent hot dogs uh, from Alex Jones. Ugh. That's some code word for hmm? male prostitution or something. I thought he was talking about hot dogs. Uh, so he tweets: Last year, I had the honor of meeting Weird Al after a show. 
I've been a fan of his since the 80s, and he was just the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. Hashtag brush with greatness. That's a good one to have today. Yep. Hashtag brush with greatness. Yeah, do that. Uh, Nicole, should have told him that Pat's insights are written all over his bumper. Oh, the guy from uh, Detroit uh, yeah. with the music class. Yes. Once your yes. insights. Just, just, uh, just take a look at my car. It's up there on the internet. Follow Pat in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, Amer- Paul Am Patriot. Uh, I think the PC phrase now is the pot calling the kettle metal. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Constitutional tr- Trish tweets, I begged Sally Fields groceries. She told me I'm sweet. Nice. That's kind of cool. Uh, 888-900-3393. Uh, we have another brush with gr- greatness from Ron in Michigan. Hey, Ron, you're on the blaze. How you doing? Good. Hey, uh, I love your show, by the way. I listen every day. Thank you. You guys are great. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, my wife and I moved to Las Vegas in the early 90s. She worked for NBC back then, and I'm an entertainer. And uh, we decided to go out on the town one night, and we were going to go see Jay Leno in concert. Mm -hmm. And I got this crazy idea in my head. What if I could? I I had decided to give her the the ring and ask her to marry me at the concert that night. And then I got this crazy idea. What if I could get Jay to do it for me? And long story short, through a series of phone calls and whatever, um, he did. I, I we got he, wow. asked me, he asked my wife to marry me backstage in his green room before the concert at, at Caesar's Palace. Oh, that's really cool. That's yeah, a great. Yeah. That's a great story. He's a nice guy. He's 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 a very nice guy. Yeah, pretty down to earth. So yeah, yep. that's cool. Yeah, he treated he treated me like he like we've known each other since we were kids. Yeah, I believe you know, that. When, when we got back there, he he's yeah. like, hey, how you doing? You know, and just and it, there's a lot more to the story, but that that's the compressed version of it. And he was great, and uh, and we're still married to this day, so it must have worked. It must have. <laughs> All right, <laughs> thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. Uh, he's a super nice guy. When we went to uh, Los Angeles, there was a little. This was in, I don't know, 2010, maybe. We uh, Glenn was on the show, and uh, he, everybody wanted... This was when Glenn Beck, the guy who once described the president of the United States as a racist, so that somehow made Glenn a racist. Interesting how that's not the case anymore, right? <laughs> everybody calling... No one calling uh, Trump a racist is considered a racist, but... Glenn was, for some reason, considered a racist because he called the president a racist. Sort of called him that. He said he didn't know. He's trying to figure it out. And he was noodling it out live on Fox and Friends, which he probably shouldn't have done. But that's that's where all of that came from. So everybody had to ask him about it. We were tired of talking about it. We'd already explained it a million times. Did a huge hour and a half, two hour deal about it on the air and why it happened and how it happened and all of those things. And so the deal was... Uh, he'd been Jay Leno had been trying to get Glenn on for a while on the Tonight Show, and finally we said yes, okay, but we we don't want to go down the race. We don't want to talk about the president's a racist thing. So uh, they came to us and said, yeah, he's not going to do that. And then we found out right before the show, yes, he's going to do that. He has to. <laughs> like no, it was part of the deal was we didn't want to talk about it again. And so anyway. Jay got involved. He came back and got in and was in the green room. And anyway, it worked out fine. But on a separate trip after that, he invited us to the garage. You know, his garage where he's got, I think, 200 classic cars and motorcycles and all that. that. Just couldn't be any nicer. Just a good guy. Um, Juan in Texas, you're on the blaze. Hi. Yeah, hi. I had a rush with uh, Jason Witten from the Ah, Cowboys. Nice. Okay. What happened? Yeah, so it was probably his fourth year in the NFL. My son was probably 11 or 12 years old. 
and there was a radio show contest. Uh, signed him up for it and won the grand prize, which was dinner with him and his wife. At, I believe it was La Hacienda around the Coway. Mm-hmm. And it was just amazing. Him and his wife were just the most genuine, engaging people. It was, there was another boy that won the prize as well. And he was asking about positions they played. I mean, it was just amazing. Really breaks my heart that he didn't make it to a Super Bowl. If there's anybody deserving, it's him. Yeah. Yeah, but he had an amazing career. And he'll yeah, be in the Hall yeah. of Fame. So he Remained a, an awesome role model for the... Yeah. That's really cool. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. One, not Ron. Uh, 888-900-3393. Your brush with greatness. Stories of meeting celebrities, good or bad. Uh, Or Blaze has talent. If you got, you know, some kind of talent where you sing or you play an instrument or you do impressions. Are you going to share? Yeah, you got your own. That's very impressive, Steve. Very, very. Pat Gray Unleashed. On the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, it's Pat Gray, and if you like what you hear on this program, you should check out the Glenn Beck Program. The podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Just a fun Friday where we're talking about uh, your brush with greatness, big time celebrities that you've encountered in real life, and yeah, whether they were a positive or negative experience, or it's uh, you can also share your talent with us on a uh, Blaze Has Talent Day. Singing, playing musical instruments, uh, impressions, whatever you do. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, we've got to play. We have to play this Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, audio where she is at the White House press correspondent uh, discussion yesterday with the press, and Jim Acosta accosts her. (laughs) (laughs) I. This guy is really, really starting to get on my nerves. Uh, here's what he said to uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, because the president has called the press the enemy of the people. And he is demanding now that she speak out and, I guess, contradict the president. That's what he's trying to get her to do. Uh, watch this. I think it would be a good thing if you were to say right here, Uh, at this briefing that the press, the people who are gathered in this room right now, Mm -hmm. uh, doing their jobs every day, asking questions of officials like the ones you brought forward earlier, are not the enemy of the people. I I think we... We deserve that. Can we we pause it? Can we pause it for a second? No, not... Thank you. First of all, Jim, you don't deserve anything except to be kicked out of this freaking room right now. That's what you really deserve. You deserve that? Why? Based on what? What makes you deserve any kind of explanation from the White House press secretary who's under no obligation to tell you anything about her opinion? She is there to tell you what the what the president thinks, how he feels about issues, not her. Yeah. She's got, again, isn't it Acosta the same one? Was he the one that called her one of the most powerful people in the world so it was appropriate to... Uh, 
And, and she's got no power. She's zero. I'm going to look that she up. She doesn't legislate. She doesn't advise. She she doesn't mm. judiciate. She doesn't do anything. Chris Hayes from MSNBC called her crazy. All right, so let's go back and uh, and watch this because it's really, it's outrageous. Yeah. I think it would be a good thing if you were to say right here, uh, at this briefing that the press, the people who are gathered in this room right now, uh, doing their jobs every day, asking questions of officials like the ones you brought forward earlier, mm-hmm. are not the enemy of the people. I, I, I think we, we deserve that. I think the president has made his position known. I also think that. it's ironic. Well, us, I'm, I'm Sarah, trying to answer you your question. Okay. I, well, I it, politely waited, and I even called on you despite the fact that you interrupted me while calling on your colleague. Well, I said it's ironic. Which is why I interrupted. I'm trying. But if you, if you finish, <laughs> yeah, well, you, you shouldn't have interrupted. follow up, that would be fine. But. It's ironic. Wow. Jim, uh, that not only you and the media attack the president for his rhetoric uh, when they frequently lower the level of conversation in this country. Repeatedly, mm-hmm. repeatedly, the media resorts to personal attacks without right. any content other than to incite anger. Thank you. Uh, the media has attacked me personally on a number of occasions, including your own network, said I should yep. be harassed as a life sentence, that I should be choked. ICE officials wow. are not welcomed in their place of worship and personal information is shared on the internet. When I was hosted by the Correspondents Association, mm-hmm. of which almost all of you are members of, you brought a comedian up to attack my appearance and call mm-hmm. me a traitor to my own gender. In fact, as I know, wow. um, I'm as far as I know, I'm the first press secretary in the history of the United States that's required Secret Service protection. The media the continues to ratchet up the verbal assault against yeah. the president and everyone in this administration and Certainly, we have a role to play, but the media has a role to play for the discourse in this country as well. And, and sir, if you don't mind, if I, if, wait, hold on. if I may follow up, if I may follow up, excuse me, you did not say me. in the course of those remarks that you just made that the press is not the enemy of the people. Are we to take it from what you just said? We all mm-hmm. get put through the ringer. We all get put in the meat grinder in this town, mm. and you're no exception. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. I wish that that, that had not happened. But do you for, for the sake of... This, this room, the people who are in this room, this democracy, this country. It's not a democracy, All the people Jim. around the world are watching what you're saying, It's not a Sarah. democracy. And the White House for the United States of America, mm-hmm. the President of the United States, should not refer to us as the enemy of the people. His own daughter acknowledges that. And all I'm asking Stop you to do, whining. sir, is to acknowledge that right now and right here. I, I appreciate your passion. I share it. Um, I've addressed this question. I've addressed my personal feelings. I'm here to speak on behalf of the president. He's made his comments clear. Nice. Man, did she crush him. Crushed him. That was a great job by her. She she was hanging on to those, um, I don't want to call them talking points, but those bullet points of... of, I'm, one of these days, I'm going to pull this out. I'm going to need it. And boy, it was there. That yeah, was awesome. They were, they were, see, that's that's what I was wondering through the whole thing, because she obviously had <laughs> some written notes there. And she referred to them. Mm-hmm. So did they know the question was coming? Did Do they have to submit no. in advance? I don't think they do that, right? No, she was just they, they just They just, in case anybody asked her if she thinks the press is the enemy of the... Or something like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, what a douche he is. And He's become a real problem. To Mr. Acosta, maybe the press should stop lying to the people. That would be that's nice. kind of what yeah, that would be nice. enemies do, but I digress. <laughs> Man, he is 
full of himself now. He just, he loves his attention. I'll, I'll tell you that. He loves the attention and is seeking more of it. Mm-hmm. So he's just going to get worse as time goes on. Uh, 888-933-93. Tom in Texas. You're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, how you doing, Pat? Doing good. Hey, in the 80s, early 80s, I lived in Tennessee outside of Nashville, and I worked for a heating air conditioning company. I was the mm-hmm. warehouse manager. One evening, as we was getting ready to get off, my boss come to me and asked me if I'd make one quick delivery for him down to Dickerson, Texas, which was about 40 miles from Nashville, and I said, yeah. I'd take a huge air conditioner down. I had to deliver it to Tanya Tucker's ranch, and I took it down mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And as I pulled in, here comes Glenn Campbell bobbing out in little red shorts, <laughs> tennis shoes, and says, man, it's hot. I need that air conditioner. So I get out, and me and him carry it, and I, we had to carry it upstairs. It had like a mother-in-law apartment. It was about 12 stairs, and it was heavy. It was one of the biggest units I got. So we get it inside, and I uncrate it, and me and Glenn, I can call him Glenn because I helped him do this. <laughs> so anyway, mm-hmm. we pick it up. Well, I get the heavy side of the air conditioner, and we're starting to put it in the window. Well, my side slipped a little bit, and it made his side come down on his finger. Ooh. And he squealed. And Daniel Tucker come running out of the back room. What's wrong? What's wrong? And he said, I dropped the air conditioner on my finger. And she said, you're picking finger? He said, no, the one next to it. And she went over and kissed it. <laughs> and then she signed an autograph. She autographed her and him both autographed an album and gave it to me for me bringing the air Very conditioner cool. out to him. That must have been a long time ago because uh, Glenn, and, and Glenn Campbell and Tanya Tucker weren't together Right. Uh, in recent times. So. so it was in the 80s. Yeah. About really 1981. Cool. That's very cool. Uh, thanks a lot, Tom. Sad, too, that he's... I, I don't know where... Is Tanya, Tanya Tucker still alive? Isn't she? Uh, but I'm, Glenn Campbell I'm died... country music stuff. Said This year or last year? After a battle with Alzheimer's. Really hmm. sad. Uh, Neil in Arizona, you're on the blaze. Hi. Yeah, she's alive. He's also... Howdy. Early hey. 80s, I had... Uh, a gentleman, uh, football uh, great, uh, Deacon Jones, come in with his buddies. Mm. And uh, they were standing at the counter, so I came up behind, and his buddies turned around, and I kind of winked at him, and I said, Howdy, I know you're somebody important, but I don't know who you are. So we shook hands, and I said, and he said, uh, Hey, I'm Deacon Jones. And I said, I'm sorry, I don't follow basketball. <laughs> <laughs> and awesome. his buddies behind him couldn't hold it in. They were just holding it in long enough, and he stood there looking at me, holding my hand, and he didn't know what to say. So I sort of cracked it up, and his buddies were cracking up. And so then he got, got the joke and gave me a hug and said, Thanks. I, that was fun. That's, that's funny. <laughs> that's a big dude, uh, Deacon Jones. Mm-hmm. Big dude. Appreciate it. Thanks, Neil. Hall of Famer, too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Reed, Redeen in California. Hi, you're on The Blaze. Hi. Hi. My brush with greatness is I'm actually related to what we found out later was an urban legend. Really? Yes. Okay. So here's the story. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Uh, growing up, my mom had several jobs, and one of them was to manage a liquor store at one of our you know, attached suburbs around here. And she was working one night, and some jerks came in, drunks. She wouldn't sell them more booze, so they were pretty upset. And this one big guy came on over and said, well, I'm just going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, what do you think about this? 
pulls out his junk, puts it down on the counter, and she says, what do I think about that? Now, remember, liquor stores, especially around the 70s, had, like, groceries and stuff in them. Someone had left a can of corn on the counter that this guy's stuff is on. (laughs) So he said, what do you think about this? And she said, this. Grab the can of corn. Bam! (laughs) Down he went. And his junk was definitely worse for the wear. His friends left him in the dust. (laughs) So my mom and I are reminiscing about this, just going, oh, my God, do you remember that? And we were driving somewhere at the time. All of a sudden, we're in the gravel. My husband stops the car, turns around, and goes, oh, my God, that's you? I've been afraid of you since seventh grade, and I'm married to your daughter? (laughs) So that turned into a... But urban legends are usually not true. That it it was actually true, and it got spread it was around. Actually huh? true, yes. Oh. But mm. it went around. The evil That's lady great. at uh, Clover Liquor who will take down your junk, which wow, and cans around. Your whole family must be proud of that. Must be. Proud. You know what? They're quite proud. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rudine. <laughs> it's kind of cool. I wonder if if you looked it up on Snopes, would it say true? Confirmed? I don't know, but I just crossed my legs. Yeah. It's so... Yeah. Uh, Kelly in Oregon, you're on the blaze. Hey, guys. How hey, you doing? Doing good. Hey, hey, I just wanted to say that uh, go, Sarah Sanders, man. Uh, just go. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I, I met Victor Malenko uh, back in the day when the Camerons were making True Lies. Victor If you remember that. Malenko. I don't Victor know who that Belenko. is. And he is well, he was he was he's the guy who defected oh, okay. from Russia to America on a MIG. And he actually handed me a card that said, Have MIG will travel, Victor Belenko. Okay. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the Camerons were trying to get me to find a true actual nuclear warhead from Russia. And so they brought this guy in to talk. Uh, you know, and I, you know, I'm taking notes and I'm going, yep, yep, okay, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and Victor, Uh-oh. and he turns to me and he says, do you know what yep means in Russian? And I was like, uh, no, I don't know. Look it up. It's a bad word. But anyway, <laughs> all of the Camerons are crazy. <laughs> But bringing in Victor Belenko was the best thing they could ever do because he's an absolutely fantastic person. Uh, that's great. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Kelly. That Now, that's an unusual brush. Former Soviet pilot defected to the West while flying his MiG-25 Foxbat jet fighter. He landed in uh, Hokodati, Japan. Uh, George H.W. Bush was the director of the CIA at the time, so this was... You know, long time ago, 1970s. Yeah. Yeah. Called the opportunity to examine the plane up close an intelligence bonanza for the West. Uh, Belenko later became a U.S. aerospace engineer. Hmm. Oh, wow. Kind of cool. 888 and it Pat Unleashed on the Twitters. Uh, let me tell you about Minostalgia Foods. Mm-hmm. It's it's a family-owned and operated business since 1990, so they've been around almost 30 years. 28 years making edible memories from Minnesota's uh, Northwoods. Great, wholesome food made in America 
most of which made without preservatives. And they're flavors you just don't find on your grocery grocery store shelves. Wild berry jellies and syrups, pepper jams, beer jellies. Mm. We've been able to sample some of these things. They're so really delicious. So good. Whipped honeys, uh, maple syrup and maple sugar. And and the thing about maple syrup, syrup and sugar is it's lower in calories than the, the other stuff. Wild rice is really good. And it's really good for you, and they have all kinds of different wild rices, whole grain and naturally gluten, sodium, fat, and cholesterol-free, high in zinc, high in protein. Uh, it's just really good for you and really tastes delicious. Your family is going to love this stuff. You just keep wild rice dry, and it'll last indefinitely. So it could be great for your food storage, too. Yes, Save 10% on sampler packs. Use the promo code TRY10 at blazewildrice.com. It's blazewildrice.com. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. To Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Doing brushes with greatness today. Times that you've run into you know big stars, celebrities. Uh, whether the encounter was uh, positive or negative, or it's also uh, Blaze Got Talent, where you could call us with your singing talents or musical instrument. Maybe you do impressions. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety Marty in Pennsylvania, you're on the Blaze. Hi. Hi. Hey. I ran into I ran into Al Sharpton. Oh wow. In the, in the Pennsylvania in the uh, Philadelphia airport. How long ago? I was in the, uh, this was about five to ten years ago, maybe seven years ago. All right. I was in the restroom, and he came up and used the urinal right next to me. <laughs> and did, went. Go ahead. Did he have a bullhorn on him? <laughs> No. No? Okay. <laughs> Not that I saw. Okay. He, uh, when he left, he didn't wash his hands. Oh, no. Oh, no. Gross. Oh, my but gosh. To, that is to, give him cr- to give him credit, when somebody tried to shake his hand outside the restroom, he wouldn't shake the guy's hand. Oh, really? Yeah. I wonder if it was because he just used the restroom, or is he just a jerk? Just a jerk, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks a lot, Marty. Appreciate it. Did he ever say... Michael Seahaw Beetlejuice. Michael Seahaw Beelzebub. No. Yeah, probably that's probably not, not. That's not, not. Not in the restroom. That's not anyway. his name, anyway. Well, me might call his little unit that. Ma- Michael Seahaw uh, Beetlebob. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of syllables for, yeah, it is. Naming, your for naming your thing. Uh-huh. So, But I don't know. I mean, would you put that past him? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, and by the way, it's uh, two syllables max on that. Okay. And let me also say, especially when people know who you are, you... <laughs> right? And you don't wash your hands when you leave the bathroom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Come on! That's a problem. It's a problem. I mean, that tells you about his hygiene habits, that 
I mean, if that's the way he acts in public, Ooh-wee. that explains his whole little Ooh-wee. when he coughed up that lung on air. You know, he's <laughs> not a healthy man because <laughs> he's spreading germs everywhere. Yep. Uh, Michael in Georgia, welcome to the Blaze. Hey, 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 Pat, how y'all doing? Good. Um, I've actually lived kind of a charmed life. I, I've met actually a lot of famous people uh, over my lifetime because of some of the work that I do. Uh, but I'm a singer. And uh, about 2007, I had the opportunity to open for the rapper Little John. Mm, okay. I and have I've, no I've, idea who that is, but I assume you, he's a known rapper. You know, you know, you know the rapper that uh, used to go, yeah, what? Okay. No, but I'm going to no, take your what? word for it. Come on. Okay. Well, <laughs> Pat, anyway. Pat, so- Pat's white. Pat's white. <laughs> Keith, do you know that guy? Uh, I'm white as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> We're too white. We're too white. <laughs> Well, anyways, uh, I'm sure many people in your audience know who I'm talking I'm about. Sure. I bet everybody uh, does. <laughs> yep. All right. But anyways, uh, 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 I performed on the stage. I had not met him yet. And then I go backstage, and he's he's back there playing on a PlayStation 2 uh, Mad, uh, Madden football. And uh, I come back there, and he's like, hey, was that you up there singing? And I was like, yeah, that was me. He's like, well, he's like, well go back up there and sing another one. <laughs> and I, I said, well, I, I don't I don't have any more songs to sing. I, I brought what I had. And and, he, and he's like, well, I'm not going on stage until I'm done playing this game. <laughs> and, this and, he, awesome. and he didn't. And he didn't. And he, he didn't. Did. But, <laughs> but, you... but let, me t- let me tell you, the story goes further than that, because later on, then we're backstage, and we had been told beforehand, you know, don't ask for their autographs. Don't, you know, try to, you know, act, don't act, you know, super fanny you know what i mean or geeky about it you know and uh but this one guy comes up to him and says hey hey you know we were told not to ask for your autograph or anything but but uh you know i I gotta ask you we're right here can can i get your autograph and he's like yeah man we ain't a-holes or anything (laughs) that's That's great i like that i like that but so you didn't go back on stage though and sing anything for him he there was just dead dead silence for a while yeah oh man yeah well, I mean, you don't want to interrupt a, right. a Madden yeah. uh, game in progress. You can't right. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, and, Michael. You know, talk about uh, being asked up on stage or whatever. That's the one thing about Better Than Ezra, the band. I know. I got it. I'm a geek. But the, they do is they ask mm-hmm. if anyone in the audience plays guitar and if they're familiar with their music and they have them come up on stage and play one of their songs with them. That's kind of cool. And, and like, That's this, fun. Yeah, it, it's it's really a treat. And this one time, this guy was really great. Um, and it was it's just it's just enjoyable. Really down-to-earth guys. You think they set that up, though, in advance? Do they know no. that there's somebody in the... I don't she, think That could so. be really bad. If you get up there and you get somebody who doesn't really know, but they think they do. No. And that happens all the time. No, I, because they act really um genuinely surprised and they don't do it every time um but like i'm just thinking of this one guy in particular are there are artists now that do that in every town they go to right they they ask you to come up and sing or play with them and then it's stunning and so i think it's set up in some of these cases but maybe not better than that yeah i mean just too yeah yeah authentic you know, am I right, Keith, or am I right? They're just Absolutely. too authentic. Yeah, I mean, they don't just set that up, right? And so, so what better than Ezra doesn't do is they don't call a fan up on stage and then um, uh, lambaste them publicly for singing their lyrics, like Kendrick Lamar did. Yeah, to that which girl. is pathetic. Yeah, pathetic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just you're just setting somebody up uh, to become a target of people's ire, and you just don't, you don't need that right now. We've got enough of it going on anyway. Thank you. With Twitter and Facebook and all the rest of it. And it's 
It's madness to do that. Why would you do that? And just just common decency, man. Seriously. People. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, the the people. root the root of all conflict in the world is human interaction. People. It's it is people. Mm-hmm. If this world was run by deer, right. It'd be a completely different situation right now. Yeah, and the hostas would never be in full bloom. Yeah. And there'd be no global warming because they wouldn't have invented cars. See? Combustion engines. I mean, deer can't drive. Deer can't drive. So why would they even invent? Uh, they, cars? they they haven't invented uh, you know the assembly line. They haven't mm-hmm. they haven't done any of that. <laughs> so you know uh, if the world was mm-hmm. run by deer, it would just be a better place. And there probably wouldn't be any jars either because you wouldn't have it, opposable thumbs. You, what are you going to open them with your hoof? <laughs> right? No, you're not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Friday, everyone. Maybe you can hold it with two hooves. And then wrap your teeth around it, but you haven't invented the jar you yet. The jar or the car. <laughs> if deer run the world. Okay, let me tell you about Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Uh, if you're like me, you eat a lot of meat. Not deer because it's too gamey, but anything like <laughs> domestic. See, that's why I say I'm mostly vegetarian. Mm-hmm. You know, except for a little bit of well, fish and chicken. You know, and uh, pork. Wait a minute. Turkey and beef. Just a, just a few exceptions <laughs> just to a the couple rule. Exception, uh, exceptions, but I rarely eat deer or venison. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Field of Greens uh, from Brickhouse Nutrition gets me what I don't put into my body at all. And I, I love that fact because I do feel like I have more energy and I feel like I'm healthier since I started doing this. Every scoop gives you a full serving of organic fruits and vegetables. Pre and probiotic, it boosts your immune system. You, it gives you that antioxidant power that everybody talks about. All you do is take a scoop and put it into eight ounces of water. It'll taste like Kool-Aid. It'll sweeten a drink or a smoothie for you. It's just really easy and it tastes great. Brickhousepat.com, Field of Greens. Give it a try. You'll get 10% off when you use the offer code PAT. Brickhousepat.com, promo code PAT. It's Brickhousepat.com. Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray. Welcome. Great to have you here. Triple eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. And at Pat Unleashed. Uh hey Ron, can you tell the story of what happened to you? Uh last weekend was it? Yeah, man. Our producer Ron had a uh, little run in with another vehicle. And uh I think Keith tweeted out. No, we're about to. Yeah, you're about oh, to. Oh, you haven't tweeted out know. his at, face yet? At what Pat happened Unleashed. Yeah. So so Ron had a run in um mm-hmm. because people in this world are stupid. Mm-hmm. And um, he had somebody a little... got drunk and was driving, mm-hmm. and hit him at thirty-five, forty miles an hour from behind, mm-hmm. and uh, so his airbag deployed and crushed the side of his face. He he looks like he's been hit with a sledgehammer. Yeah. So if you go to Twitter mm-hmm. and go to uh, at Pat Unleashed, you will see Ron's face, mm-hmm. and it's memorable. And uh, we're glad that you're uh, okay. Glad you're alive. Yeah, man. Good grief. He had a brush with greatness, too, but he can't figure out the microphone situation. Yeah, what's wrong in there? 
Poor guy. He's, okay. Something. What, what, what were the celebrities? Tell us, and then we'll get back to you. Yeah, he can't tell us because can't even tell us in our ear. Well, he could, but then oh, that would ruin the phone. Only for we everyone. would hear it. Well, then we and then, relay it, you know. And then we relay it, and it would sound really bad. That's not an, an ideal radio technique, I, I would think. Uh, but <laughs> you think so? Maybe we'll 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 go back to it when <laughs> when we figure out. They've been making some changes situation. in there today, and uh, of mm-hmm. course, this is the day we ask him to of talk course. to us. Of course, it's the one. <laughs> uh, all right, Justin in North Carolina. Hi, you're on the Blaze. Hey, Pat. Hey. Oh, hello. Uh, when I was eight years old, mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to shake Hillary and Bill's hand. Oh, wow. So they were both there? Uh, they were both there. Did it your was parents, a campaign stop. Were your parents no. uh, Clinton fans? or how? how my, did... grand, my grandfather was the uh, local painters union rep, and okay. my grandmother was pretty high up in the school board. Mm-hmm. So we got in the hand, handshake line. Okay. And uh, it was briefly. But uh, it was at the Memorial, Bill Emerson Memorial Bridge dedication. And the experience was powerful enough to change my political alignment forever. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> it's the reason why I'm a conservative now. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Absolutely. How, why, um, what happened? Well, my, my impression of uh, Hillary Clinton, to use a fictional character as a reference that everyone knows and despises, would be Professor Umbridge. Uh, okay, from, from Harry Potter. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, just, uh, just slimy. It was just, just awful. That 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 one teacher or person who always gave you a hard time, or you knew was like smiling in your face and going behind your back. That's the impression I got of her. And you felt that and, at eight years old. At eight years old, it was it was palatable. Wow. And uh, my impression of Bill is that weird Uncle Steve. You know the the <laughs> one that that you don't go over to your to his house by yourself. <laughs> That's great. So that, that's a genuine that's my genuine experience. Like uh what year time, was that? I was like, you know, a, a hat wearing sign waving Democrat. My parent grandparents have taught me so. Yeah. And uh after that it made me rethink all of it. <laughs> that's really something. Um what what year was that? Oh goodness. Um well it was after Bill Emerson died. So I want to say it was probably 93, 94. Okay. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Huh. And uh, they were coming through to dedicate the bridge. They were, they had, uh, uh, the funding had been approved. And it was a, it was a big boom for Cape Toronto, Missouri. Yeah. That bridge was, uh, the old bridge was falling into the river. It was awful. And that's one of the few points that you can cross the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And uh, the new bridge was going to be multi-lane. It's, it's big. It's beautiful. You know, I, mm-hmm. I do love it. But uh, that was their, you know, dedicating the bridge was a good chance to stump their t- campaign. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's appreciate the call. Thanks, Justin. It's really interesting that at eight years old, you were creeped out by the Clintons. Because <laughs> there's a lot of adults who, who don't sense it. And you know you should be creeped out by the Clintons, right? <laughs> Everybody knows that your assessment is dead on accurate. 888 Did you fix the... Microphone situation? Yes, I did. All right. So you had an uh, you had a an airbag go off in your face. Correct. Right? And we, we tweeted out the photo, and it's pretty bad. You're bruised all over the right side of your face, uh, down to your neck. Did, um, did that hurt you pretty bad? Or did you feel it? it? Because sometimes when your adrenaline's flowing like that, you don't feel it as much. I didn't feel it at all. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Until I looked in the mirror and went, oh, my God. 
was your uh, but he got arrested right went yes. to jail yes good okay so you said you had a uh, brush brush with greatness robert duvall very nice man mm. okay and then when i was 12 i just got a bike for christmas and on the 26th i went I only live four blocks away from 20th Century Fox. Mm-hmm. So I went up there, <clears throat> and I rode up on Century Boulevard, and there was a man out in front of his trailer. I had no idea who he was. We started talking, and he said, do you want to see me uh, shoot a movie? I go, yes. Well, it was Sand Pebbles. Which I've never heard of. But, um, it was I, Steve I, McQueen. Oh, okay. Mm. Steve McQueen. Wow. In I, Sand Pebbles. Yeah, I spent the whole day okay. with him. Did you really? Yeah. Is this? Was he like hitting on you? Or I mean, no, he's very down to earth. You want to see me shoot a movie, young man? Yeah. Hey, you want to you want to come back to my boudoir? <laughs> my next film. Uh, okay. So it was a pleasant experience. Though. Yes. That's yes, cool. yes. All right. Good. All right. Thanks a lot, We're Ron. glad you're okay, man. Yes. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gra- glad you're alive. And don't drink and drive, people, please. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> seems like there should be a law against it. We should work on that one. You know? That seems like should a, be a common law. sense legislation. Common sense legislation. You can't be drunk when you drive a vehicle, uh, any kind of vehicle. Uh, I, and it seems like that is common that sense. That seems like something we should get behind. Let's, hmm. let's work on that. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe a three-day waiting period before you can buy a car. And then, uh, and then you get some kind of legislation where once you have the car, you can't actually drive it when you're drunk. What if we did that? Save a lot I of lives. Should be writing this down? It, well, yeah. I mean, if it saved one life, it's worth it. Okay. Okay. I'll call your congressman. Alan in Oklahoma, you're on the blaze. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got a, um, a brush with greatness that happened when I was four years old, and I didn't realize it for another 50 years. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> A couple of years ago, we're at Christmas. We're all sitting around talking, and we got on the subject of the first Christmas that we could remember. And my first was, I remember the little old man. So he was our landlord, and he came to the back door of the house and brought presents to my folks and me and my two brothers. And uh, we're all talking about that. I remember what he got me was this, you know, this U.S. Marshal's outfit, the vest, the badge, and the gun belt, and the revolver, and everything. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're talking about this, and my older brother's looking at me like I'm about half stupid. <laughs> he goes, you know who that little old man was, right, don't you? I'm, no, I just, that was Milburn Stone. And that is? Oh, I'm thinking Keith uh, was losing it. Oh, was, oh, Doc was what the start of, He was okay. one of the stars of the, the number one show at the time. He, he played Doc Adams on Gunsmoke. Oh, wow. Okay, that's pretty cool. And he was your landlord? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. You know, several houses in, huh. in somewhere in Arizona. I, did, I didn't even realize we had lived in Arizona. I didn't remember that part. And wasn't Gunsmoke the longest running TV show in the history of television? For a no. long time it was. I think. Until the Simpsons. Yeah. yeah, recently got passed by uh, the Simpsons. Exactly, yeah. All right, interesting. Thanks, Alan. Appreciate it. Yeah, the Simpsons, Simpsons has been on now. Oh, boy. Since uh, 89, I think, right? Is it 88 or 89? So it's going on 30 years. Good Brief. That's amazing. Gunsmoke lasted what twenty some guns. Uh, let's see. So the uh, so the Simpsons were on Tracy Ullman in 1987, but it started as a half hour primetime show, December 17th, 1989. So next year, wow, 
it's going to be 30 years. Shoot. Time flies, man. That's amazing. All right, so Gunsmoke was on, I don't know. We'll find it, but it it was on for a long time. It it was, I know this, at one time it was the longest running TV show ever. Yep, Uh, let's see, 55 to 75, so just 20 years? 20 years. Wow, okay. That sounds right. That's a long long time. Yeah, yeah, I just, I'm like you, I thought that The Simpsons passed it more recently than 10 years ago. Yeah. Or eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, Ty in South Carolina, you're on The Blaze, hi. Hey, fellas, how you doing? Hey, good. All right, so a little side note before I tell you my brush of greatness. Every time I hear some idiot on the radio or news talk about how we live in a democracy, I hear the Pat Gray scream in my head. <laughs> Just so you know, it's awesome. So every time I hear that, I'm like, we have a republic! I, I can hear you going like 10 octaves really high. Uh, okay. But, um, but my brush with greatness, I have a couple. I worked in a prior life. I worked in the entertainment industry in L.A., and I worked in production. So I had the opportunity to be around uh, – um, uh, lots of really cool people. One was um, Andy Garcia. I met him at behind a, an alley. They were shooting a project, and I happened to be walking through, not even working on the project, and he stopped and talked to me for like 30 minutes. I'm mm. like, wow, we're, what a really cool guy. Well, about six months later, I run into him. I was working production for the Spirit Awards, and he comes into the back of VIP tent. I happened to be working back there, and he literally walked up, remembered my name. Nice. And That's had a great. Conversation with me again. That's... I was like, that is really unbelievable. Yeah, it's impressive. And, uh, John Cusack, I met on three different occasions, and he's the biggest ass I've ever met. <laughs> I will never watch another one of his movies because of what a tool he was. I... And then one one last great one. I got to produce a project for Billy Bob Thornton, and I spent two months with him at his house. And I will tell you, he is hands down the nicest guy I've ever met in Hollywood. And oh, I met a lot cool. of people. That's really cool. Hands down, one of the nicest, coolest people you'll ever meet. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ty. It doesn't, doesn't surprise me at all about John Cusack because he's a socialist, an admitted socialist. And when you're that stupid, I mean, is it gonna? Is it much of a stretch to think no. he's also a jerk? No. No, it isn't. <laughs> but it's just, it's ridiculous that they act that way yeah. to people who are fans that, because that, that hurts yeah. you that one and you probably think eh, it's just one fan i don't care that fan tells other fans and they tell other people and then they tell it to a nationwide audience mm-hmm. on the air it's it's just stupid to do uh but we do all have bad days maybe that's maybe that was the case oh yeah i'm sure john that day except he's a socialist so i'm sure he's just a bad person kind of you don't not with him uh you don't have to factor that in mm-hmm. He's just a bad person. Who am I to judge? I'm just saying he's going to burn in the fires of hell. That's all I'm saying. Wait. Um, Stuart in Virginia, you're on the blaze. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Good. Mm, I'm hungry. I don't have any of these good stories I've been hearing for the last couple of minutes, but I I went through basic training with a gentleman uh, uh, by the name of John Cobe, J-O-N Cobe. He was, uh, uh, I think he was in the National Guard, but he had to go basic training at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, a mountain of a man. Um, he was the uh, starting strong side guard of tackle for when Terry Bradshaw played. Oh. I, I'm, I, I'm mm. not sure how long you guys go back. Okay. But uh, We go back a ways. Was, I go back a little bit further than Keith does. And we don't go back quite as far as Jeffy. But No, nobody goes nor, back as nor far me, as Jeffy. Nor me. 
But anyway, mm-hmm. point being, he was he was a mountain of a man. He got to push. You know, when you go through a mess, he would push through tr- two trays of food. Okay, <laughs> yeah, and they allowed him to do that. Yeah. which I understand. I really do. But anyway, that's one story for Steeler. But I'm I live in Virginia, but I have a cousin who lives in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Who served in Vietnam with Rocky Blyer? Okay, wow. And he called me. I think it was five or no, about eight years ago. Said, "Stuart, I'm coming down to Virginia. Can we play golf?" I said, "Sure." I said, "I'll get a tee time. You know, get my brother, and my father. We'll we'll play." And mm-hmm. he said, "Fine." He said, "I'm bringing my partner though." I said, "All right. Who's that?" He said, "It's uh, L.C. Greenwood, defensive end for the Pittsburgh Steelers." Hmm. And he rolls in, and he is a mountain of a man. Yeah, that's there. a big dude. That's a big dude. And we got a picture of my dad standing beside him. My dad was only about five six, <laughs> and he, he looked like he came up maybe to his breast. That was about it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, but he was a nice. Both men, both men, mm-hmm. were very nice men. That's great. All right, uh, thanks a lot, Stuart. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Rocky Ball, Rocky Blyer is, you know, he's one of the one of the few guys in the NFL who. Actually, I mean, went to war. You know, we all know the story of Pat Tillman, who who did it, uh, left his NFL career to go to war. Rocky Rocky Blyer uh, was drafted before he played in in, in the NFL, and then uh, came back. And I mean, so you don't get much tougher than Rocky Blyer was. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. And if Pat unleashed on Twitter, let me tell you about Bomb Shot Lip Balm because if you're looking to protect your lips. Especially in the heat of this summer, it's been a really hot one. Global warming. Mm-hmm. It's global warming. Somebody has to say it because no one else is. <laughs> no one else except everybody. Uh-huh. Um, so, and then next year when it's cooler than usual, mm-hmm. that too will be global warming. Sure. Anyway, you want to protect your lips when it's super hot and when it's super cold. Usually, the time I need lip balm is in the winter because you know that the cold just dries them out and then they get cracked. And yep. That's not fun. So the lip balm. That Wayne created in his company in Boise. It's a fantastic American company. Uh, he created this out of necessity. He just couldn't find anything that worked. He tried everybody's lip balm, and it, it was just not helping him. So he created his own and created the handy container it goes in, and it looks like a shotgun shell. So it's a lot of fun because you know your liberals that are around you are going to gasp and swallow their tongue when they see it because. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's such a triggering agent, and uh, it scares them out of their minds because I, I know it's not actually a shotgun shell, but it looks like one. It, it might be as dangerous as one. Mm, except mm. it'll protect your lips, not blow them off your face. So that's kind of a difference. Um, so for Blaze listeners only... Wayne has uh, offered something really special. Go to bombshot.com, use the promo code PAT, and when you buy a two-pack, you'll get a third for free. When you buy a four-pack, you'll get a fifth free. When you buy the six-pack, you get this handy, really cool, nice-looking baseball cap. Mm-hmm. Buy six, get a free hat, and you get free shipping. Bombshot.com, B-A-L-M-S-H-O-T.com, bombshot.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network.
Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-933-93 with your brush with greatness. If you've met somebody, you know, big star, celebrity, uh, how that happened, the experience was a positive, negative. Um, also, at Pat Unleashed on Twitter, Mc55 says, I met billionaire Roger Penske at an IndyCar race. Very nice guy. Uh, Nicole, not to brag, but I've been retweeted by World of Stew. (laughs) Uh, Jill Rubel, I saw Joe DiMaggio in a restaurant in San Jose in the 90s. I asked for an autograph. He was very nice and polite, extremely well-dressed. Guy was actually married for a time to Marilyn Monroe. That's kind of cool. Saves 84. Last thing you ever look for while standing next to a guy at a urinal urinal is their bullhorn. <laughs> uh-huh. You're talking yeah. about seeing Al Sharpton uh-huh. in the, the guy uh, who's, men's room. Yep. Uh, you don't look at anybody's anything when you're next to each other. That's right. That's uh, just bathroom etiquette. That's yep. guy bathroom etiquette. Plus, if there's multiple urinals mm-hmm. and there is one available that's further away from yep. you, you do not belly up to the one right next to the guy that's already there. Unless your name's Larry Craig. Yeah, I hate that. And if they're all, if there's only one available, but there's stalls available, go to the stall. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we took care of that. No, that's good. That is the, a yeah. good tip. Mm-hmm. The sure. prolific uh, Judy Chapel says, you mean Al Sharpton approached the urinal and didn't shout, massive manhood. There we go. You got to get Matt. Massive manhood is underway. <laughs> what is he? Apparently not. That's a quote of his. Uh, <laughs> Gordon Michael Porter. Steve McQueen to Ron the producer in an airplane cockpit. <laughs> Ronnie, you ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> uh, he didn't. Oh, Ron says oh, he didn't say that. Don't ruin didn't, it for him. Didn't us. say that. So uh, We were talking about uh, somebody who had a gun smoke uh, their landlord was Doc Adams from the Gunsmoke series. I was just looking at, at uh, Gunsmoke facts because we were trying to figure out how long it lasted, which was 20 years. James Arness was a war hero. I don't think I ever knew that. The star of Gunsmoke, uh, the tower, he was six foot seven, first of all, which I didn't know either. Six seven. He was one of the first American soldiers to storm the Italian beach in the Battle of Anzio. In World War II, took machine gun fire to his lower leg and foot, earning the bronze star and a purple heart. The injury nagged him for the rest of his life and limited limited the time that he could spend uh, standing up. Hmm. Interesting. 888-900-3393. Let's go to Mike in Georgia. Hey, Mike, you're on the blaze. Hey, Pat. How you fellas doing? Happy Friday. You too. Hey, um... So this uh, incident went back about 30 years. I was working at a new uh, independent pizza restaurant that opened up, and the uh, manager there was a fan of uh, classic rock and roll as myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first summer there, um, Steppenwolf came into town. I said, hey, Bob, this would be really cool if we get, like, uh, celebrities in town get pictures of them eating our pizza and put that on the wall, you know? Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, that's a great idea. So we called up the the venue and said, uh, you know, we'd like to bring some pizzas over and kind of meet the band if we could. And they said, yeah, that's a great idea. So we made eight extra large uh, Supreme pizzas. I ran to the house, got my film roll camera, and then jetted out to the little honky-tonk where they were playing. 
and then uh, pulled up there, walked in the door with the pizzas. They all started chowing on them, and then uh, John Kay was standing there indoors with his glasses on. And I said, hey, John, how about if you just uh, take that pizza there, put it in your mouth, and I uh, take it, uh, take a picture of you. And then Mr. Born to be Wild <laughs> says to me, no, man, that's hokey. <laughs> and that was it? He just wouldn't consider it, huh? No, no, oh, he would take man. a picture. Did you, t- did you say, before, hey, John, uh, it's not 1968 anymore. Nobody cares about you. Just take yeah. the picture. Take the picture, you're, dude. Ah, oh, that's You hit cool. wonders here, man. You're still milking these for, what, uh-huh. 50, 60 years? Yeah. They wow. had, in fact, Born to be Wild, and then... Magic Carpet Ride. Magic, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Why not fly with me, little girl, mm-hmm. on a Magic Carpet Ride? Well, you don't know what we can find. Mm-hmm. Why don't you fly with me, little girl, mm-hmm. on a magic carpet ride? Well, brilliant lyric too. I don't know. I mean, that's powerful. Think of it. That's societal changing right there. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Mary in Maryland, you're on the blaze. Hi, Pat. Hey. Hi, Keith. Hello. I wanted to tell you a story. Um, my husband is a crime scene investigator in a police department outside of D.C in maryland Mm -hmm. and um he's been on the force for years and a while back he was wait a a second hang on uh mary just we got a hard break we're coming up on and i don't want to shortchange you so can you hang on for a sec okay we'll come right back to you afterwards uh triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three more pack ray unleashed and your stories of brushes with greatness coming up Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hi, it's Pat Gray. Thanks for listening to the show. I want to tell you about another show that I think you're going to like. It's The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Check it out now, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Weird. Uh, Steppenwolf lead singer John Kay, who uh, our last caller uh, talked about meeting, his real name was Joachim Fritz Kraladat. <laughs> yeah, John John Kay worked a lot better, I would say. Joachim. I, I realize that. Huh. Joachim? Is that pronounced? No. No. My bad. Uh, Joachim, probably, or Welcome. But it couldn't be Joachim. No, it couldn't be Joachim. Joachim would be stupid. No, but the other ones are just one. Joachim? It's Joachim. Yeah, Joachim. That sounds right. I'm going to take credit for that Although it's German. I don't know if you would pronounce it that way. (laughs) Thanks, Chance. It's German, so I don't know. But Joachim, I think it's Joachim Fritz Kraladat. Born in 1974 years old now. Jeez. Good gosh, if that doesn't make you feel old. Holy mackerel. Well, if you haven't heard of Steppenwolf, then you don't feel old. But if you know Steppenwolf and their music, then uh, that probably aged you a little bit. Sad. 
888 Where has the time gone? Uh, let's go back to Mary because she was in the midst of uh, telling yeah. us her story when we had to go to go to the news. Uh, Mary, go ahead. Okay. Um, my husband's an investigator in a Maryland suburb police department um, right outside of D.C. He was at an investigator's conference in, um, in Washington mm-hmm. at a big hotel, and um, he stepped out to go to the restroom, and he was standing at the urinal, and a d- the door opened, and a gentleman walked in, and he, they just kind of nodded, and he was at the urinal next to my husband, and he kept looking at my husband's name badge, and it had his name, and it said IAA, IAI Conference. And he said, well, what's IAI stand for? And he said, my husband said, International Association of Investigators. And he said, oh, are you with a bunch of cops that are in that conference room? And my husband said, yes. <laughs> and he goes, man, I love cops. I want to come in and talk to you guys. <laughs> so as it turned out... Um, my husband's like 6'4", and my husband was looking down at him. It was Danny DeVito. <laughs> he's, and, about, um, he's about, what, 4'11", or something? Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, my husband was just surprised at how friendly he was. Well, he didn't tell me if they washed their hands when they finished. <laughs> okay. But um, they went back to the conference room, and my husband walked in with him, and he went up front at the stage, and... Um, they let him actually let Danny DeVito come up on the stage, and he really lightened the whole conference. I mean, he just took over. Wow, that's he was really in cool. His element, and he told all these, you know, wanted to hear all these cop stories, and they were in D.C. filming a movie, and um, he was just so excited to be there with with all the cops. So um, hmm. that was my husband's story. He likes to tell. Really fun, but the other the other interesting part of this is. Danny DeVito goes to the bathroom? Right. Wow. Yeah. I didn't Can think you so. imagine? I can't. I can't. I've never <laughs> seen him do it in one of his shows, so I didn't I know. realize. Huh. Okay. Thanks, I mean, I, Mary. I thought uh, the, the highlight, I mean, that, that's a very cool story. Yes. But I thought it really stood out when she said, he was sitting there staring at him in the bathroom. And I thought, I, yeah, I what? thought we were going to hear about size. Right. No, 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 no. I, I'm just saying, <laughs> you don't, you don't, your, your eyes don't stop in a bathroom. And by the way, we did hear about size. He's 4'10". Oh, yes. He's 4 foot That's 10. what we were talking about. I, I guessed 4'11". We mm-hmm. actually looked it up. I was an inch off. He's, 73 years old. Yeah. He doesn't look it. He's pretty well preserved. And he and Rhea Perlman, I think, are still married, aren't they? They are. They are. That is really a tribute to them because like an, in yeah. Hollywood, that just doesn't happen. You know? You said he, he's really well preserved. I don't know. He kind of looks like an M&M these days. I don't know. See if what you did? Yeah, because he does Bowl. those commercials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Bob in Ohio, you're on the blaze. <laughs> yes, sir. I got a brush with greatness for you, Pat. Okay. Uh, in 1958, I was an air traffic controller. I'm working in Virginia. And one Sunday morning, one of the guys called up from a coffee shop and said, Hey, I want to bring a guest up to the radar room. Supervisor says, oh, I don't know. He says, Who have you got? And he says, Well, it's, it's, a, it's a Yankee Clipper. And he says, Oh, yeah, bring Babe Ruth with you, too. <laughs> and the guy shuts, hangs up the phone, and a few minutes later, door opens, and then walks Joe DiMaggio. Wow. And I couldn't believe it. The wow. guy was a perfect gentleman. Humble. He talked baseball mm-hmm. with us for about an hour. 
And, I mean, he was talking about how, yeah, I hit Bob Feller like I owned him. It was just one of those things, you know. But yeah. he was he was just so humble and, and nice a guy. I was impressed. Very, very nice. I've, I've heard that he was really, really a good guy. Um, he, he sure was. And, and uh, you know, a whole generation of people, sadly, know him as Mr. Coffee. <laughs> That's the sad part of that. Because he just did, he did those coffee commercials. You don't know about that? No, I don't. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Um, yeah, he did. He did. Uh, I think it was a coffee machine. Hmm. Yeah, it was a Mr. Coffee machine. Really? And Joe DiMaggio did all those ads. And so he was Mr. Coffee. So a whole generation in the 70s that grew up then knew Joe DiMaggio as Mr. Coffee. Wow. <laughs> Instead of one of the greatest baseball players of all time. You know, I'll, I'll say that uh, that reminds me. Um, I went to a baseball card show. And upstairs, they had I was Willie Mays, Mickey mm-hmm. Mantle. Um, it's killing me not think of the third right now. But anyhow, these legends were up there mm-hmm. long before you were paying for individual auto- autographs at these exorbitant prices. Mm-hmm. Hardly anyone standing in line to get their autographs, which I now have really? on baseballs and baseball cards. Um, it's now an industry. But those guys were so nice, and they he reminded me of it when he talked about how Joe DiMaggio um, would talk baseball with him, and he, they, it, it was so great. And and I think that speaks to that generation, as these guys were just salt of the earth, just mm-hmm. wonderful guys. And mm-hmm. Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, yeah. Steve in Tennessee, you're on the blaze. Hi. Sir, hey, how you doing today? Good. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of stories. In 1983, I was an air traffic controller. And I was stationed in Korea, four kilometers south of the DMZ. Ronald Reagan's aircraft flew in, and I was the air traffic controller. They got the privilege of talking to him. His call sign was Rawhide One. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course. Uh But then about a month later, uh, Foster Brooks was doing a U.S. show. We had a small compound. Like I said, we're four clicks south of the Z, and we only had 30 people on the compound. And Foster Brooks and Miss Tennessee and Foster's wife were doing a USO show. I got to meet him, talk with him, and he took one of my jokes and put it on the road with a show. I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> Did he really? Nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which one was yeah. it? Well, it was about the priest that uh, had to go out to a console a family late at night, and he was driving home on a country road behind a drunk that was swerving all over the road, and the pastor finally got a chance to get around him. Once he did, he kept paying attention to the rearview mirror, looking at the guy that's swerving all over the road. The priest missed the curve and went off the road and crashed into a cornfield. The drunk got out. He said to the priest, he said, I hear all right. And the priest said, uh, you know, brushing himself off. He said, yeah, I'm fine. I had the Lord with me. He said, you better let him let him ride with me because you're going to kill him. <laughs> that's actually pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah. And Foster Brooks yeah. used that on the road, huh? Yeah, about three months later, I saw him on the tube doing the whole bit in his drunken routine. Yeah, that was kind of cool. That's great. That's really cool. Well, it's a good joke. Why not use it? Did you offer it to him, or did he just steal it from you? Well, we were all sitting around uh, shooting the breeze, and and I had to get up to work, and I asked him if he'd heard this joke. He didn't, and I told it to him, and I said goodbye and went to work. That's great. Well, yeah, he he didn't (laughs) steal it. I just told it and uh, put it in his gig. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> love that yeah funny that's funny very uh, funny cat in arizona you're on the blaze hi hi can you hear me okay sorry can through the my miracle story, of telephones 
My story happened at the Rijksmuseum in Amsterdam. Okay. I was with my dad, who was an immigrant from Holland. Anyway, we he's a big fan of ZZ Top. We were coming up some stairs, and he recognized Billy Gibbons right away. Mm-hmm. And um, that is, and I, you know, I did, but I, it was kind of shocking. And he ran right across to him and said, can I shake your hand? And Billy shook his hand and said, I'll do you one better. And he pulled out his wallet where he had some little papers of caricatures of the band. And he gave him an autograph and handed it to my dad. And I snapped a quick picture and we went on our way. But it was really cool. He was what a really weird place cool to meet Billy Gibbons at a, I know. a museum in Amsterdam. <laughs> Wow. Yes, I know. I'm sure they were like, we look like total Americans. And that, but. how long ago was that? When did that happen? This was probably about 10 years ago. Oh, okay. So not that long ago. Hmm. All right. No, uh-uh. Thanks, yeah. Kat. Appreciate it. Yeah, they're they're actually from Houston and we lived there for eight years. So we had a chance to see uh, Billy. Ha ha. In that Texas town. They got a lot of nice girls. In a town they call Grange. You know, in another life, I believe Billy Gibbons went by the name Arlen Spector. <laughs> it is the same. <laughs> it's the same voice. If you listen, though, to LaGrange at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. He sounds like Arlen Spector. And I saw John Thrun walking into the bathhouse, the Senate bathhouse. He's got legs. Naked as a jaybird. Uh, he's usually a sharp-dressed man, but this time <laughs> could see his naked legs and every other part of him, too. Uh, he had the body of a Greek god, and we wound up making sweet, tender love for the next 14 hours. Uh, Mr. In that town they call Little Grange. I got a lot of nice girls. <laughs> um, I have some political news that uh, Senator Specter may be interested in. Okay. I don't know that Pat Gray will be. Um, and that would be mm. uh, that the Cook's political report, Breaking News, has just changed um, Ted Cruz's seat from likely Republican to leaning Republican. Oh, jeez. In other words, Beto oh my is catching up, apparently. Wow. Well, I mean, we had the we had the poll this yep. week. Yep. The Texas Lyceum poll or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. It had him up by two points. He forty one thirty nine. It's when the, within the margin of error, there's a whole bunch of undecideds in that. And they'll probably break for Ted, but mm-hmm. I mean, this is ridiculous that this fake Hispanic, he's not Hispanic. Hispanic people, you're not voting for a Hispanic guy. You're voting for an Irish American if you vote for Beto O'Rourke. Robert Francis O'Rourke. That's agonizing. If I have to eat my underwear over this guy, I am not going to be pleased. I don't want you to eat your underwear. I don't either. I want Senator Ted Cruz, man. All right. Well, we need your brush with greatness at Mm -hmm. 888 900-3393. Let me tell you about Earth Water. Earth Water is improving people's lives. A 100% natural beverage that can put much-needed missing nutrients 
back into your diet. There's over 70 trace minerals. It's, so it's really unique. It'll boost your energy level, helps rebuild your immune system, uh, reduces your stress level, improves your memory and focus. It helps remove toxins from your body, helps maintain healthy skin, nails, and hair. It's unlike anything else on the market right now. Earth, water, and there's an opportunity to become a ground-level participant as an affiliate, if you want, in the Earth Water Affiliate Program. And when you become an Earth Water Affiliate, you'll be given the opportunity to share your unique ID link with others. By becoming an affiliate, you're reserving your position in the network marketing tree with the direct-to-market model when it's launched later this year. So you're on the ground floor of this. Nice. And establish yourself as an Earth Water brand ambassador. Plus, they'll pay you 40%, a 40% weekly commission on all orders placed by your customers. That's, that's a pretty good commission, 40%. Highest I think I've ever heard of. On a great product. To join, the, to, to join Team Earthwater, go to theblaze.teamearthwater.com. Theblaze.teamearthwater.com. Okay? Join today. Theblaze.teamearthwater.com. You are listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. to Pat Gray mm-hmm. on the Blaze Radio Network. Taking your brush with greatness. Anytime you've encountered a celebrity, a big, big star of some kind. You have a... This is breaking news. I didn't realize this. You have mm. a uh, brush with greatness. I do. Yeah. Actor James Woods apparently retweeted uh, you yesterday. Uh, you did the story about uh, Sean Hannity and Jim Acosta. You, oh, yeah. You, you remember all of this. Oh, sure. Yeah, yes. So, uh, James Woods yes. retweeted you. That's pretty neat. Wow. So James Woods follows... Pat Gray Unleashed? Of course. Who doesn't? Of course. I mean, obviously. At Pat Unleashed on the Twitter. Shouldn't be surprised by that, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, 888-900-3393. Uh, let's see. Just to share a couple of things that have been going on, then we're going to get back to your brushes. Uh, Chris Cuomo has lectured conservatives about being pro-life. Yeah, I don't know if we should play that today. or I don't think we do. Maybe wait till Monday. Yeah, okay. Because it's just going to aggravate me. Mm-hmm. And it's going to aggravate you. And, and yep. we're just going to have a crappy weekend because of it. And I don't want to. <laughs> also, Backstreet Boy Nick Carter is in some trouble. Um, Hollywood police are investigating a rape that occurred nearly 20 years ago. Oh. Supposedly. An alleged rape. And then when you read the story, it's another one of those, well, he invited me over and then... I felt trapped, and I didn't think I could leave. Well, and I kind of told him no, but then I just acquiesced, and then I just thought of something else and let him do what he wanted to do. Uh-uh. I, is and then and then you didn't press charges, you didn't go to the police, or I mean, is that rape? Because he says it was just a consensual get together with this girl, Nick uh, Nick Carter. Of the Backstreet Boys. He would have been 23. She was 18 at the time. So I I don't know. I'm just, it's kind of hard at this point when so many of these things happened so many years ago. Now, 
did it just morph into something where you're you don't you didn't like what happened or you wish you ha- it hadn't happened and now you're doing this with it or is it an attempt to get money out of them or attention or did it really happen i don't know i don't know how to ascertain that anymore i don't know how you uh actually pay and give her the right amount of credibility but also look at it with a discerning eye and say well why did you wait this long it's he denies it vehemently i i don't know this is going to be really hard to to uh unravel because what evidence are you going to have after 20 years and now you've got the uh accusation out there and like like harry reed said it's out there now now he's got to answer for it and he really kind of does so anyway santa monica police i guess are looking into it we'll see what happens and on monday we'll talk about this there's a man um who is just convicted of attempted murder attempted homicide for slipping his pregnant girlfriend an abortion pill i find that pretty fascinating because how do you how do you attempt homicide on tissue hmm. or broccoli for that matter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or i don't know spare parts from a volkswagen i don't i don't know what was in there Mm-mm. is it a human being i don't know mm-hmm. what am i resisting the collectivization of pregnancy i don't know maybe the institutionalization of the birth canal I'm not sure. But I do know one thing. They usually don't consider these human beings. No. So, uh, fascinating. We'll get into that on on Monday. And the other thing that's kind of bubbling today is uh, Hamza bin Laden. He is the youngest son of Osama bin Laden. And supposedly now, he's on a mission to avenge his father. So, he's gone to Afghanistan with the idea that he's going to start blowing things up, I guess. Jeez. That's just what we need. Uh, 888-900-3393. William in Oklahoma. Hi, you're on the blaze. Yes, Pat. uh, My mother, she worked for Walmart in the early 90s. They had, they opened our second Walmart store in our town, and they was having a grand opening, and early in the morning, they wanted an employee to come in and get ready for the grand opening. And she said, uh, and this uh, guy, she was working, and this guy came up the door, an older guy, and he knocked on the door and uh he said would you let me in she said no sir we don't open until this time and he asked again said would you let me in and she she said sir i cannot so she went back and told her manager said there's an uh, older guy out here with the hat you know uh, the blue jeans on and a shirt and he's wanting in so the manager went to go check it out and it was sam walton (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, it was Sam Walton. Oh, man. Uh, he, they let him in, and he was there for the grand opening, and he met all the employees, shook their hands and stuff, and my mom came up to him and said, Sir, sir, I'm sorry. said, I didn't know that was you because she figured Sam Walton, you know, he'd have a suit. And a, mm-hmm. They said he just had blue jeans on, shirt, and a hat, and if he could hug my mom and said, Thanks, because if that had been somebody up to no good wanting in, you'd done the right thing. And my mom had the picture where he took a picture with all the employees, and She's right by him. He's hugging her. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really fun. Yeah. I mean, uh, all right. Thanks, William. You would think Sam Walton would have a key to yeah. his store. <laughs> yeah. And you might think he might say, hey, uh, I'm Sam Walton. You know, you might want to check with somebody who knows me. I'm Sam Walton. And I want into my store. So, <laughs> you know, richest man alive. 
Ring any bells? It's kind of interesting <laughs> because the fortune he left to his family divided equally among them. Supposedly there's what seven of them. I think that in that each each have wealth of I don't know thirty to forty billion each. Well, Jeff Bezos just caught the entire family. That's how wealthy he is now. He is as wealthy as the entire Walton family. That's, uh, he's doing okay. (laughs) He's doing okay. (laughs) Dave in Colorado, you're on the blaze. Hi, uh, I had a little brush with John K. back when I was stationed in Germany in 1980 or 81. Okay. Uh, He was playing at a little bar called the Maikafer, and a friend of mine was sending a bar that night. And he wanted me to take a picture of John and the band, so I got up almost within arm's length of him and pointed the camera at him and waved, and he just he kind of swung around and posed for me for a picture. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that is. Um, so he was nicer to you, obviously, than the other guy. Oh yeah, he was. He was really. He was really friendly. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was, it was a great. It was a great time too because he opened with Snowblind Friend. That was a song written by Hoyt Axton. I'm not familiar with it, but I'll take. Well, your I didn't get it. any airplay, but it was on a, on a seven album, and uh, he wrote a song about his escape from the East Germany. And it's called The Renegade. Oh wow! And uh, it, it was hmm. kind of interesting. Yeah, but right. his family escaped from East Germany not long after World War II, and and uh, he immigrated to first Canada, then the U.S., and then started a band. It was oh. really kind of cool. It was I, I followed him all through the '60s. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. Uh, let me tell you about real estate agents I trust.com. Uh, Glenn founded real estate agents I trust because he was really frustrated, as we've mentioned, with working with unreliable real estate agents. And I mean, they were, they were nice enough people, but they just, they couldn't get the job done. And so his house lingered for way too long and he lost way too much money on it. So they started doing some research and found out some interesting data on what made one agent better than anybody else. And it turned out that they found out that you've got to be a full-time agent. This has to be your career. Uh, Your wife's nephew who dabbles in real estate is not going to sell your most valuable asset. At least not in the way, the timely fashion and for the the most money. Great agents don't just show up and say, okay, yep, we'll list it as is. There you go. Good luck. Because they know about curb appeal. They know about the landscape, what it has to look like. You know, is the trim in good shape? What about the paint? Is it the right color? Uh, the, the, like the paint right now in our house is not the right color. White is the big deal, I guess, now. Well, I don't want it to be white. Yeah, it's got to be white if you want to sell your house. <laughs> yeah, I don't want it to be white. It's got to be white if you want to sell your house. The windows, you know, first impressions are really important to people. Professional staging is really important. Uh, when to list and how much to uh, ask. What's the asking price? Because you don't want to go too high, and then you're going to just have to bring it down. So this is why you should work with the agents of realestateagentsitrust.com. 1,200 of the top agents in America working to earn your trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Pat Gray Unleashed. On the Blaze Radio Network. Ow! Up 
Pat Gray. Zab, bop. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, with your brush with greatness today, still have about uh, almost a half hour left to hear about your encounters with uh, celebrities. Uh, also, you can you can uh, tweet us at Pat Unleashed. Mike says, "I know it's too late to change Pat's underwear guarantee on the Beto bet, but perhaps for future Pat Gray guarantees." <laughs> That might want to consider eating kale instead. Both options are undeniable, undesirable to Pat, but at least kale is food. Wait. <laughs> That's debatable. I was going to say, are we sure? <clears throat> That's debatable whether kale is food or not. Mm. I just, I think it's a leaf of some sort that just yeah. is meant to be in nature and leave it there. Just leave it alone. <laughs> Who's the first person that said, you know what? I'm going to eat that. I'm going to pull that out of the ground. I'm going to eat it. Bag it and sell it. And right? People will eat it and it's going to be great. Hey, that's really bitter tasting and nasty. Mmm. Let's keep eating it. Why? Why? I want to see the history of kale. When when did it become a... A thing? thing. It, it's only become a superfood thing recently, it seems like. Doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. I never um, heard of kale until a few years ago. Well, well. Uh, DMXDM tweets, Some Friday, Pat needs to do an entire show as either Arlen Specter or Al Gore. Yeah, perhaps. Um, I'm Although sorry. I think that might lose its appeal after a while. There is... What in the world? There is, yeah. there is a variety of kale mm-hmm. with that name. Oh my gosh. What in the there world? Is one variety of rape kale is what? called Hungry Gap. Gap. After the period in winter in traditional agriculture. Weird. That little is else really could be, can we Can we call it? Can we change the name? Can we that? go with winter kale or something? That's kind of weird. <laughs> gosh. Very strange. Rape kale. All right. So we're taking your brushes with greatness. Uh, Keith, apparently your mom, did you oh. do a movie with uh, Tim Conway and Don Knotts? Yeah, yeah. So my mom was an extra in a movie they filmed in Atlanta uh, called The Prize Fighter. And uh, she's in the last scene um, at the end of the last boxing match. And like the, the, the <laughs> credits are running and she's frozen on the screen. I, of course, when I was a kid, when I saw my mom frozen on the screen there, I was terrified i didn't understand you know like and she was sitting right next to me in the theater and we're watching this mm-hmm. and i was i apparently bawled and just cried that my well, mom was well, fro- you're kind of a stupid kid right i mean that's pretty stupid i'm telling a story about my mom's brush for greatness I mean, yeah i know but, it, yeah, but then the you thought yeah, there was something wrong with your mom because she's yeah, up there she was, when she's sitting right next to you she was fro- hello you can't do the math on that you can't noodle that one out I was like, what I a was little idiot. You were. It's like three or four, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you're stupid. Yeah, three I was or stupid, four. and I still am today. <laughs> um, and I'm about as mature as a three or four year old as well. Uh, no, she tells me that uh, Don Knotts. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Tim Conway, great guy, gentleman, treated everybody on the set wonderfully. All right. Don Knotts apparently couldn't be bothered. I mean, he was oh, really? not fun to be around. Apparently, uh, you would think it'd be. I would. That surprises me yeah. about Don Knotts. Yeah, me too. Huh? Disappointing. Uh, that just blows all the Don Knotts movies for me now. Really? All of them? The, yeah, all of them. Now just blown. Mr. Chicken or whatever that is. <laughs> Which I hated anyway. The ghost in Mr. Chicken. There that's you what go. <laughs> uh, Glenn and I had uh, kind of a fun encounter in Baltimore one time with, um, I was just thinking about this the other day, with Millie Vanilli. There was some story about how they want their Grammy back or something. You know? Uh, oh, really? Sing yeah. for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> So this was at the height of 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 their celebrity status, and they came to Baltimore and and did this sold out show at I think it was the Baltimore Civic Center or someplace. It was a ten thousand seat stadium, 
and we opened for him. We, you know, we just kind of got up and said stupid things to the audience. And then, <laughs> but we came out. Oh, no. so we weren't huge Millie Vanilli fans. Uh, you know, and they had the dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. So we came out with mops on our head <laughs> and did that dumb little trotting dance that they do. And uh, said some other things about Millie Vanilli. <laughs> An audience full of Millie Vanilli fans probably was, you know, not the smartest thing. And they and their management were pissed. Uh, Oh, my gosh. They were angry. Was this before they were busted, right? Yeah. This was, I think, a couple months before the Grammy Awards came out. Mm -hmm. And and they won the Grammy. And then it was right after the Grammys that the jig was up, right? It was all, it was disclosed that they didn't sing any of their songs. So then, everything turned around for us because yeah. yeah, we knew. Okay, See? we we knew they weren't. I, there was the rumor anyway that they really couldn't sing, that they were just front men, and that had been circulating for a while. Mm. And it turned out, yeah, okay. Yeah. So what are you doing, getting all pissed off? Yeah, put that in your pipe. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Where are they now? One Where of them. Are they now? I think one of them died. Didn't oh, he? Oh boy. Uh, yeah, I think he. Yeah, I think they had a tough life after that. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and it's not their fault. There's somebody, you know, some record company executive said, "Hey, let's put these two attractive guys out there, and we'll have this guy sing for them, and uh, they'll be hit. They'll be huge." Did they end up? What are you going to do? You're going to do that, right? Yeah, and then when you're busted, you could just I don't mm-hmm. know, blame it on the rain. Yeah, <laughs> see what you did there. I do. It's actually a pretty good song. I like. Yeah, I, I like it too. In retrospect, mm-hmm. I couldn't admit it at the time. <laughs> Right, none of this good, man. Good. I'm with you. No. <laughs> um, yes, all right. <laughs> Pico the shark. We, let's do an update real quick before we forget. Uh, have we done the update on Pico? Yeah, let's do an update. Yeah, let's see where he's at. We got we got the uh, latest because he is absolutely... He's out of his mind. ...on the crack. Yeah, he's out of his mind. <laughs> what, what is he doing? He's lost his noodle. What a dumb shark. Has nobody told this guy that... <laughs> The shortest distance between two points is a straight line. <laughs> what you're looking Look at? Look at the there. zigzagging this idiot's doing. That's just the last three days. What a dummy! <laughs> so how far north is he now? Yeah, he's. I don't know. He's up near uh, probably even with New Jersey. I believe would wow. be the. Uh, let me let me check here. Let me just zoom. But we, out. if you missed it in the beginning, Pico the shark used to be off the coast of Texas, mm-hmm. but. Now he's the only shark they've ever heard of that has gone from the Gulf of Mexico all the way around Florida and up the East Coast now. And so we have decided, uh, obviously, Mm -hmm. there was a uh, some family here in Texas he hated that moved back east and he's after him Mm -hmm. because this time it's personal. And this time he's pissed off. Pico the shark. Pico. Coming soon. So if I'm that Texas family yeah. that moved, I, I'm moving again. And I'm going to, I don't know, Idaho. Somewhere where there's not a body of water where he can connect and get there. And also no tornadoes because a sharknado, sharknado could happen. And the thing is, is there, there may be no escape for this family. They may just be dead. <laughs> this is just the last three days. He's been, he's doubled back. He's hooked around. Come, I mean, he's trying to trick the Texas family into thinking that he's not after him. Either that, because he wants them to yep. feel like they're safe when they go to the water. But nope, as soon as they're in it, he's coming for you. And yep, he's coming for you. But might be that, or he mm-hmm. could have lost his keys, and maybe he's just 
look, he's like, man, what did I leave him? Did I leave him, you know, 12 nautical miles? His keys to what? What does he have keys to? His sharky car okay. that he travels around in. His boat? His right. boat. that He's, he's, he's out a on a boat. He's got a shark boat. Okay. That, that listens to Pat Unleashed weekdays. Well, he New crossed Easter. Florida. If you've seen the... If you've seen his uh, his trek, they they mapped it out at uh, where was that? What is that website where they oh, map it? Oh, it's O Search. It's O C E A R. Yeah, it's like Ocean yeah. O Search. We'll tweet it out at Pat Unleashed. So anyway, <laughs> the path goes straight across the land of Florida. So nice. he took a shortcut. He he's like, I'm not swimming around this I, this huge state. I'm going to cut across it. I take it back. He's not on a boat. He's in a helicopter. Yeah. Okay. All right. And there's keys to a helicopter that he's looking for? All right. How else are you going to fly a helicopter without keys, man? I don't know. Have you ever cranked a helicopter? No. Without keys? Mm -mm, I haven't. 888 All right. Your brush is with greatness. Let's go to Dolly in Texas. Hey, Dolly, you're on the blaze. Hey. When I was uh, about 17 years old, Back in the 70s, um, my mom and I were extras on the movie The Getaway with Steve McQueen and Allie McGraw. Mm, cool. And Yeah, it was really cool. And uh, we were passengers on the bus, and Steve McQueen got on, and he was very private. He really didn't want to um, be around, you know, anybody except Allie McGraw, obviously. <laughs> but he got up on he got on the bus, and the director, Peckinpah, you know, called cut. He wanted to do it again. And I was sitting right where he stopped and he just kind of, you know, let out a sigh. And then he looked at me and he winked and I thought I was just going to melt all over the floor. He <laughs> was, he was, he was gorgeous. He was really, really gorgeous. Um, mm. He would not pose for pictures uh, for people during the breaks. He would just take off on his motorcycle because we were filming out in the desert. But Allie McGraw was really very nice. She did post for pictures. She did talk with people. Um, it was just a really nice memory. But, yeah, I have I have a special place in my heart for Steve McQueen. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was hot, right? He was. Let's, let's face it. He was <laughs> he hot. He definitely was. Yeah. That was, yeah, no joke at all. <laughs> Thanks, Dolly. <laughs> uh, that would be quite an impression on a 17-year-old girl, I'm sure. Hmm. Also, Allie McGraw was not terrible to look at either. Uh, and she was great. She was a good actress. I wonder what happened to her. She was in that movie and Love Story, right? Wasn't wasn't she the one in Love Story? Which was just a powerfully sad movie. I saw it when it was like in the womb, I think. I think it was in the womb. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember weeping in the amniotic fluid. And so, uh, wow, yeah, that's how I know it's sad. Were you in there with a Volkswagen? <laughs> no, it was just, no, it was just me, weirdly enough. Who would guess that? Nobody. She's 79. And she doesn't look that bad. I mean, I keep seeing these, you know, those little articles at the end of uh, of a of a action, of an actual article, mm-hmm. and they want you to click on this because yeah. it's clickbait. You won't believe Ali McGraw what she looks like now. Well, she's like seventy. What is she? Seventy nine. Seventy nine. Of course, she looks different than when she was twenty. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. You, when you click on a picture of her now, mm-hmm. look it. You can tell that's Ali McGraw. Wow. Unrecognizable. No, she's not. She's older, obviously. But I, she's aged pretty darn well, I, I think. I think a better name for every one of those slideshows um, would be, you won't believe how many clicks it's going to take you to yes. answer the question we just asked. That's right. <laughs> I hate it every time I get every sucked time. in. I'm I like, know. I'm not going to get sucked in. No, time. I'm not going to do it, and then I, I do it. I give it five clicks. Ah! <laughs> it's, it's like me in Las Vegas. I give it five more clicks. 
We're going to do five more clicks. There was one the other day that had these gigantic people. Uh, I, you know, he was 600 pounds and she was 700 pounds or something. <laughs> and then it was like, well, you won't believe their transformation. Oh, I got to see and, this. And so I thought, oh, okay, I want to see what they look like now. It took... 18 clicks to get to where they are today. Uh, no. Stop it! No, it's going to take me longer to click than it's taken from them to get to where they were to where yes! they are now. <laughs> this is me off. I hate it too, man, and I fall for it just like you. This should be illegal. It should be illegal. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. We should start. We got to write these ideas down today. <clears throat> we need to write down the, the you can't have these galleries you click through. Those mm-hmm. should be illegal. Yes. And also being inebriated behind the wheel of a car. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't drink of, and drive. Don't drink and drive. I don't know why we haven't thought of that why before. Why haven't dang we? Dang it. Dang it. Come together. Hey, wait a minute. What about this, what? too? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't kill anyone. You can't kill people. Then you wouldn't have to have the rule about guns. You, whether you have a gun or not doesn't matter because you can't kill anybody. I mean, you're What a if genius. we had a law like that? This is Pat on a uh-huh. Friday afternoon coming uh-huh. up with this stuff off the top of just, his head. Just spilling genius all over <laughs> the floor. You. Pat Gray, huh. the genius. we got to change the name of the show. Speaking of losing weight, um, here's an actual thing. You won't have to click through to find out <laughs> the answer at the end. And in fact, I'm going to give you the answer right now. Riduzone. It is a safe, natural, FDA-acknowledged dietary supplement that you're going to love because it helps you lose weight. And it helps you do that because not with a bunch of chemicals. Again, like I said, it's natural. It uh, contains OEA. They, they've extracted that from olive oil. And it boosts your metabolism and reduces your appetite. So you're not thinking about food all the time. So you're not thinking, good gosh, I need a gigantic bowl of ice cream right now <laughs> i know it's eleven thirty a night i don't care that's what i need riduzone helps you get over that and if you order it today riduzone.com and you enter the promo code pat you'll get 30 percent off a three-month supply riduzone.com enter the promo code pat to get 30 percent off your three-month supply it's time to get over the hump on this and and just feel better Riduzone.com, promo code PAT, for 30% off a three-month supply. Pat Gray. Unleashed. The Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, welcome, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and at Pat Unleashed. Just to show you, though, that uh, you know sometimes first impressions with these celebrities can be wrong, or they can be altered a little bit. Maybe the person was having a bad day. Remember the first time I met Sean Hannity? He was uh, he was in Houston. I was doing the morning show on, on the Houston affiliate. And I did the I did the show in in Dallas and Houston, and he came to do uh, you know his live thing, and this was before he kind of blew up and before, I think it was before his Fox was it before his Fox show? No, mm, no, he no. started Fox from the beginning, ninety six, right. ninety five. But it wasn't it wasn't all that long. I don't think after he parlayed his uh, uh, rush fill in to his own national show, mm-hmm. and so he came to Houston. And backstage, you know, I opened the show for him, and uh, he was so we were backstage together, and 
it was a little, yeah, I thought, you know, jerky. <laughs> and like above it all, and like you're just, <laughs> you're a local Texas guy. I'm a national person and I don't really talk to you. And then, you know, I, I met him later um, and many times and had really good interactions with him. And it turned out he's a really nice guy. He's actually a really good guy. It completely changed my my perception glad to hear of that. him. Yeah. So, I mean, y- your first impression can be wrong of somebody. Maybe they're having a bad day or maybe he, you're tired or... Uh, Maybe you just think this little this Houston guy's a peon, and I'm not going to deal with him. Maybe you do think that. I don't know. <laughs> I I'm don't glad know. to hear that. You know, um, mm-hmm. I just remembered. <clears throat> I met Charlton Heston. Super nice guy. I mm-hmm. forgot about that. Yes, absolutely. Um, he spoke to the college Republicans or something way back in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, back in the day. And then uh, he was nice. Very, very humble. Very nice guy. Did yeah. you have to? Uh, pry the gun out of his cold, dead fingers? No. But no, I, okay, good. I, I told good. him I was about to shower him down, hose him down, because he was, you know. It was a madhouse. It was a madhouse. <laughs> Talking apes. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> uh, David in Texas. Hi, you're on the blaze. Sir. Hey. Hey, good day. Yeah, uh, Brush with Greatness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got it right here. It's Thursday, July 21st, 1994. Went to an Astros game. They had a pregame before that, which was... Old Astros against astronauts. <laughs> so I'm an Air Force guy, so I went to the astronaut side, and uh, I hooked up with Gene Cernan. Okay. And uh, he signed my baseball, and uh, we started talking, and somebody snapped a photo, and him and I ended up on the, uh, we're on the front of the Houston Post uh, for that date. Um, it's immortalized. Uh, so <laughs> there we are. And we started talking, and I asked him, uh, you know, what it was like, and he said how he was privileged and honored and, you know, mm-hmm. um, just an incredible experience. And, and we talked for a few more minutes, and I, you know, and I asked him, I said, hey, did you, did you see me, little green man? <laughs> and he looked at me, and he, and he turned, and he said, no. And he walked, and he looked back at me, and he said, they weren't green. <laughs> <laughs> nice. that's, that's the perfect comeback. <laughs> I, I like that. Uh, all right, thanks, David. Hey, do, do you still live in Houston? That's eh, too late. Premature hang appellation there. Um, uh, Nick in Illinois, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, Pat. How's it going? Good. Um, I, I don't know if you remember, I called like a few months ago and told you that I was a huge Hanson fan. I got <laughs> to meet them uh, more than once. Uh, and I, I still think it is really bold and brave of you as a man to admit that. It's, hey, wait, it's, not, it's not easy to do. I mean, I'm, I like them too. Yeah, I like them too. There you go. But uh, most men don't admit to that. They don't because mbop. Hmm? If they hadn't started with mbop, yeah, yeah. it could have been a whole different thing for them. I think. But well, I mean, anyway. I don't. I don't know if it was just mbop. I mean, it could have been the fact that they were all little uh, hmm? girl-looking men. <laughs> <laughs> They were ahead of their time. <laughs> there was that, yeah. Little girl-looking men. Yeah, so. But they, you know, what was, Zach was like 12 when they started, I think. So they were just. 11. 11. Well, yeah. I mean, when they, when they started, he was six. But when they got famous, he was 11. Wow. That's Nick, amazing. Nick more than likes them. He's obsessed with them to know all that. I, dude, yeah. I am. I absolutely <laughs> am. Like, okay, so, I mean, I didn't grow up in the land, like, in the time of, like, the Beatles or, like, 
you know, even U2 or ACDC. So to them, like right. to me, Hanson, they are my legends. And mm-hmm. I was absolutely, for the first 10 years of my life, obsessed with them. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, Nick, 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 hold on. Will you please finish this lyric for me? Mbop. Badoobadop, badoobop. There you go. I think we're good. It's incredible. Nice job, Nicky! Yeah! That's incredible. <laughs> okay, so did you meet Hanson? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, uh, kind of a funny story. Uh, I grew up in a small town and I uh, was at a doctor's appointment. And my dad, of course, growing up in the small town too, knows everybody everywhere. And we uh, went to the secretary and the secretary was making small talk. She talked to me and she said, so, Nick, what do you like to do? I said, oh, I'm a, I'm a drummer. I play the drums. She said, oh, what kind of music do you like? So my favorite band's Hanson. Oh, they're my nephews. Oh, wow. Wow. What? 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 <laughs> what? So cool, uh, man. And so that led to uh, me getting, like, they are, she is literally their mother's sister. And so th- it led to me getting a meet and greet with uh, my first show, and I got to meet them. It was the coolest thing that ever happened to me. That is awesome. <laughs> they, they were they were the not, whoever whoever came up with the phrase uh, "never meet your heroes" uh-huh. had obviously never met these guys. They never met Hanson. The coolest guys you could ever meet. So nice. Yeah, and really just really cool guys. Well, I've, I think of the three, I've only met Isaac. Isaac hung out with us here at the studio yep. not that long ago, mm-hmm. and he's such a good guy, just such a good guy, and uh, and the, you know they they understand their place and they in in the universe, and it's really unfortunate because they're super talented kids. Well, they're not even kids anymore. I mean, Isaac's probably in his early thirties by now, isn't he? Let's find out. Right? Well, oh, Nick probably knows exactly how old each of <laughs> yeah, them how are. How old are they now? He, Isaac's in his late thirties. Late thirties. Wow. Is Zach 30 plus? He's got to be, right? Zach is 31. Amazing. Jeez, weird. uh, He's got four kids. Four kids. Wow. They're all married, right? Yep, all married, all have kids. Yeah. Yeah, really, really good guys, though. I I mean, I can at least say it about Isaac because I have met him, but not the other two. Mm -hmm. Um, But so you got got two up on us. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. Thank you. I, That's I'm, awesome. I'm proud. Yeah, and, <laughs> Thanks, and, and to show you how how great they are, I was just told from down the hall that Isaac is uh, a big donor to Mercury One. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. So thank you. Yeah, very cool. Mm-hmm. And I will say this: if you if you would if you would put on a CD or you know a digital copy or whatever and play it for somebody who hates Hanson, one of their new songs the, from one of their later albums or CDs or whatever they're called today <laughs> if you were to play that for a Hanson hater without telling them it was Hanson I'll bet you a million dollars they'd love it mm-hmm. and would be blown away that it's Hanson yeah so put that in your pipe and smoke it yeah alright have a great weekend we'll see you Monday Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network